LSG Media presents Without Limits, a Westworld podcast. I'm your host, Dean. I'm Jessica. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 2, Episode 10, The Passenger. Well, Season 2 has concluded, Jessica. It is over. It is done. We are here. Uh, We watched a 90-minute spectacle. And... um, Twice within 24 hours. Twice. And in (laughs) some situations, I saw scenes three, four, and five times. Oh. um, To iron out all the details in my silly little head. Because I still refused to go online and look up theories. (laughs) So what I tried to do today for the first time in my life, I was at work and... um, I was like, I'm going to, sorry to anyone who works with me about me doing illegal things at work, but it's not really illegal. I was sitting at a computer and I was like, I'm just going to Google this episode, like read a mainstream article, nothing crazy. I wasn't going to go on Reddit. Just curious what the vibe was. But our company was just bought out by another company essentially, and they filter block fucking everything on the internet. I went through three pages of trying to find a Westworld article I could read, and all I could read was the Westworld Wikipedia page. This is a true story. Intense. Apparently... Westworld articles on EW are inappropriate for the workplace. Well, there you have it. Which I guess it's true. So, um, yeah, uh, moral of the story, I had to watch many scenes many times. I took very extensive notes in an attempt to um, ascertain what was going on. Uh, my first watch, I was very tired. I nodded off for a solid 15, 20 minutes. I thought it was five, but based on all the scenes in the second viewing that I hadn't seen in the first viewing, I realized how much I actually missed. Uh, and that's not an indictment on the episode. Uh, that's more of an indictment on my fatigue levels that day. But all that aside, um, we are done watching it and rewatching it and noting it and rewatching scenes over and over again. And um, I, uh, until now, have not looked at any of the listener comments. Um, a lot of there are times where I've posted the pre-show um, conversation thread and haven't even seen the episode yet. Um, because I like to do it before people start popping random stuff down there. So uh, this time was an exception, but I did watch it. I took my notes. I watched it again, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then as I was sitting here prepping for the show, I just started reading the listener comments. Um, And it seems we have, uh, this is a a quite, this is a polarizing episode. A lot of people weren't big fans of it. Some people liked it. Some people were like, I like it, but you know, I got to watch it again and, you know, get it through my head, what was happening here. And uh, I'm curious as to, uh, of course, what my lovely and intelligent co-host thinks. Jessica, oh, good Lord. what do you think about The Passenger? What do you think about this episode of television? So the first time I watched it, I was not thrilled with it. I felt like it was way too dense. I felt like they were putting way too much into the episode. And I didn't feel like it was necessary. Um, I felt it was a little over the top at times and I was bothered just in general. The first time I watched it, I was like, Oh, this is not good at all. Um, second time I watched it, I was like, okay, I was really hard on it. It's a good episode of television. It has some really good stuff and some interesting ideas and we answered some questions, but, and I don't know if I'm being a bitch, but there is some nitpicky stuff that I cannot get past in this that really has like taken me out of the episode. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I wanted this episode to be so good and I was expecting a certain thing out of it that I don't feel like I got. But there are little nitpicky things. And maybe it's just that I'm missing something and somebody else can explain to me, you know, that's eh, don't nitpick about that. That's fine. But there's just some shit that, I, that bothered me that I can't get beyond. And then there's some stuff that was interesting. So... 
Yeah, the the way I kind of view nitpicks is that is that something was either entirely missed or you have to open your mind up enough to allow the possibility for flex yeah. in the story. You know what I mean? Right, and I understand that and that's fine, but I I feel like I feel like some of my nitpicks are like larger than nitpicks. As a whole, I did not I didn't hate the episode. Um Did you like it? I, I think I'd have to watch it one more time. There okay. were parts that I liked and there were parts that I really didn't like. Um, and I think it, I think sometimes the show suffers from trying too hard to be too cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that's, I mean? a, that's a common, that's a common complaint that, um, you know, the, uh, the Nolans are fond of being. Right. And sometimes that's okay. Pants. But I feel like we got, even the last episode, I, I don't feel like, I never felt like, oh, this is getting really too cute. You know what I mean? I just felt like this was, oh, I don't know. There was so much stuff and. There were so many new things they brought up. I have no idea where the show goes from here. I, I feel like there are no stakes for our characters, mm-hmm. which it was frustrating. Um, because they can't die. Yeah. Death being the ultimate stake, I guess. And I made a joke. I'm like, what is the show? Fucking Supernatural? And I've never watched Supernatural, but I've heard that that's like the whole thing about Supernatural is that people die and just come back to life all the time. Mm-hmm. And so if there's no stakes for your... In a show like this, I want there to be stakes for my characters. I want this to be like Game of Thrones. Like, I, I want... I thought the whole point of all of this was so the host could die. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally thought that was the entire point. So if that's not the entire point, then I have a lot of problems. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think that's ever been the point. That personally. was Dolores' point. That No, no. I mean, I think thematically, I don't think the idea that you could be killed at any moment. I think that's very much something in The Walking Dead or the Game of, or Game of Thrones where death is always snapping at your heels when you're dealing with you know, robots and things of this nature with consciousness that can be copied and lives that can be copied. I feel like what Dolores wanted was to go to their world and that's what Dolores ended up with. And Maeve wanted to protect her daughter and that's what she did. Now, you could argue Maeve's laying on the ground and she's probably not really dead and does that cheapen anything? It, yes. It, it might a little bit, but remember, we Maeve surviving or not surviving, in my personal opinion, is kind of perfunctory to her main through line, which was get her daughter to that place and make her safe forever. Um, but, yeah, but if you kill her and you show me a dead Maeve, you're trying to elicit an emotional reaction out of me to just bring her back next season because she's one of the balls in Dolores' purse. Mm-hmm. And also my point is, did we not blow up the cradle, which was supposed to make it so hosts can no longer resurrect? No, not exactly. But I thought that the... So what was it? Well, so what was the well, cradle well, when it blew up? I, I don't want to argue okay. for Charles for sure. No, but I, I need you to tell me then. Right. I don't ha- I'm not going to tell you I have all the answers. All I have is interpretations. And my interpretations... So let's just get to the crux of the matter and let me tell you my opening yes, impressions. Please. Sorry, go ahead. I like the episode, actually. And that's not me trying to be a devil's advocate. That's not me trying to, uh, to, to create parody for the sake of a good podcast. I... When the episode ended, I was pretty happy. Now, the post credit sequence with the man in black, I was like, oh, man, why did we have to do this? I actually thought not only was I satisfied with the way it kind of ended, despite there being questions, and let me just also say, let me just also say, um, it's not a perfect episode for sure. There's definitely a lot of things I have questions about. I have different questions than you. I'm curious about your questions. I have one major central question that I that really is weighing on my mind a lot, and I'm hoping the chat can help me with it. But I, I liked it. I mean, I think you, be, I think you benefit from a rewatch. Uh, I, I did Definitely. anyway. I, 
on a rewatch, taking close notes, pausing a lot, reflecting a lot. It, I mean, it's it's work. You know, this this isn't easy to digest, simple things to watch. It takes work. Um, I'm not suggesting that people that didn't like it didn't put the work in or they're not smart enough. I'm fucking an average intelligence dude. I'm nothing special about me. I just really had to work to get it, to, to, to pause and write notes. And, you know, that's, that's going to be a put off for average intelligent people like myself who just kind of are watching this casually. You know, it's going to be confusing. It's going to be whatever or unsatisfactory or there's no stakes or whatever. And all of those are legitimate concerns. I'm looking forward to hearing them. God knows I just read a ton of them on our Facebook group. But I was kind of overall just happy with the way it went down. And I thought, man, they could end the show right here, which is Dolores getting into the real world, which is Bernard being in the real world and whatever becomes of this being out of Westworld, Maeve laying down dead, doing what she did for daughter. I thought they they did a good job of wrapping things up. Um, The man in black kind of got pushed to the side a little. I wasn't overly satisfactory with his ending. That's definitely a nitpick for me, which makes me think they, they, they're not ready to end his storyline yet. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, it's not a perfect episode of TV. I don't want to sound like a fucking dick rider, but I definitely thought it was satisfactory for some of the reasons hopefully we can get to and talk about while, uh, exploring some of the not so great parts as well. Um, for me, the nitpicks didn't ruin the episode, I guess is my point. I think they should have, and, and LSK actually said this, and he said the series should end with Dolores walking to the real world. So we end this episode where we see Hale's getting off the island. She looks in her little bag. She's got three, her four little, I don't know, I wrote down how many balls it was. I think it was four, maybe it was five. Five, I think. And a pistol. The end. We know she's Dolores. We know she's headed to the real world. We know she's got those little balls. She's going to do something with them. Didn't need the whole scene with Bernard in the real world in this season save for next season mm-hmm. certainly didn't need the man in black stuff all it did was confuse me and aggravate me and make me feel like the man in black did not get his just due in this episode um be, because i feel like i really feel like dolores was a character i grew to not really care very much about and the man in black is a character i was interested in mm-hmm. and i feel like we got not enough man in black and no too much dolores <laughs> Yeah, I know. Dolores didn't. Dolores had not become a favorite, which I think is a, a, a problem for people. Um, I'm kind of speculating here, but I do wonder if you do end it the way you're suggesting. I wonder if people. I, I then wonder if Bernard's back. People, go, oh, what the fuck? He was dead at the end last season. I think. I think there's a. I think there's a case either way to end it quickly and leave it. There's also a case for people will will cry higher fuckery if we if we then bring Bernard back again, even though. We know she smuggles out five, I guess you could say, control units. So we know there's five hosts there. I call them balls. Yep. <laughs> pearls. What do they call them? Pearls. <laughs> pearls. Call them pearls. But, Except that I don't think Bernard's the same Bernard. I The more I think about it, I don't think that Bernard is actually one of those balls because she shot him in the head. So I think that she actually completely recreated him was the impression I got. That's possible. She's like, I remembered you once before, so I remembered you again. Mm-hmm. But also that means a lot of time passed. But also that means how come he can get shot in the head and he can't get brought back. But, but okay, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. I got a lot of problems about death and shot in the head things. All right. Um, yeah, that, uh, let's, let's, let's start in on the uh, beginning here and see uh, how this is going to go tonight. So okay. let's talk, um, let's talk uh, is this now? This is a test one we've done countless times before, right? The opening scene here is... You are almost the man I remember. A word, a gesture, a tiny fracture that grows into a chasm. All these tiny inflections in each copy, mistakes. Maybe you, maybe we should change you. After all, you didn't make it, did you? Right? That's, this is obviously the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's important to 
recall that now we're seeing what we're going to see at the end of the episode, which is her going over things with him. So what we are saying is that she did completely recreate him? It's possible. Because she says this is trial 11,927. Oh, she does say that here? Yeah. So what, so what we are saying, if this is, if this is the end of the episode now, mm-hmm. if that's what you're saying. I think so. So if that's the case, then Bernard was actually oh, wait, dead. No, 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 no. No, it isn't. It him. must not be. Because okay. the only thing I can think of is the clothing. She's wearing the, the farmer's thing. Yeah, so maybe she is in the last scene too. Yeah, but then they transition to the other one. So the only thing I can think of if we want to book, talk about the bookend scenes for a minute is yeah. I think we're seeing her, which which we've they talked about in the past, how they brought Bernard back, how they had Dolores doing the quizzes. Mm-hmm. I think we're, when we see that camera transition from her wearing this to the black you know, stuff she wore in the city, maybe that's the transition we're seeing is the memory of this to that. Yeah, that, that's, that's reasonable. I guess that's possible. That's, I don't know. That's, that's total interpretation here. Also know what else it is? Too cute. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, freeze all mortal functions. Try again. Like you said, they know 11,927. Um, sorry, Dolores. I was lost in thought. Cut to Bernard driving the white buggy. Yeah. He's got to go to the Valley beyond. So he, uh, well, he's got to go to, uh, he's got to go to the forge first, right? Yeah. Same thing. Valley beyond forge, right? Yeah. It's where they control it. I guess you could say. So he's riding around in his dune buggy. Here is a white dune buggy. And uh, he kind of gets to the middle of the desert. He walks out of the car. He looks around. And then we go to Dolores waking up after her nap next to dead Teddy. <laughs> you creepy bitch. I have a lot of problems with this. Okay. I, this is a gorgeous shot. This is sad. This should be affecting her laying with his dead body, realizing she made him kill himself, right? Mm-hmm. But this is the problem. There was never any chemistry between Dolores and Teddy. The actors never made me believe it. And this does not work. Like, we cannot make Dolores and Teddy happen. I'm sure. sorry. Like, so I see the scene that is supposed to be so emotionally affecting. It is so not. Because for the entire two seasons of this show, they have never done anything to make me believe that Dolores and Teddy truly love each other. Mm-hmm. Well, all I've believed is that Dolores has used Teddy and that Teddy has been blinded by the fact that he's supposed to be in love with Dolores. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because the actors did not have good chemistry. I don't know if, because her and Jimmy Simpson had great chemistry in the first season. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're both good actors. Uh, uh, James Morrison's Dolores' character was in a much different place mentally than two. Right, but they're they're both good actors, and I feel like they want us to believe that they were truly in love, and that this is a sad, tragic thing. But they've never, in two seasons, been able to convince me of that. So I'm glad that Teddy <laughs> is gone. Except I'll probably be back. I didn't. Um, I didn't get that they were trying to make me feel anything. I certainly didn't feel much here. Um, I was just more interested in the fact that the bullet pancaked off of that control unit. Um, which I thought was interesting because she takes the the mm-hmm. slug that's pancaked on the control unit, which means shot him in the head, hit the control unit, but doesn't destroy the control unit, which explains why with all these hosts getting shot all the time by all the guests in Westworld, they don't just die because the control unit is apparently bulletproof. But then why have they said before that if they get shot in the head, they die? I don't think they've actually explicitly said that. That sounds like Walking Dead. No, I'm pretty sure that there was a point where that was like indicated that that like if they were shot in the head because that's where the control unit no, was. No, I don't think so. Because okay. I don't think, I, I, I think that's apocryphal, that statement. And that's me just being honest. I don't think that was ever actually established because how could they control for hosts probably literally shooting them in the head? I, I mean, for, for I, guests I shooting hosts because in the they head. weren't. Oh, or maybe they were. No, because they couldn't have been using real bullets because they were also shooting at each other. Hmm? 
They're also shooting at each other when they're no, do- they they really shoot each other. They really shoot the hosts, and that's why they patch them up and they regenerate their flesh, but they maintain their control units. I don't know. Then I don't. Were we not indicated this season that if they're shot in the head, that their control units destroyed? Was that not hinted towards us? I don't think so, but I could be misremembering. Maybe somebody in the chat can remind us. But I, I never got that impression. Um, I think um, so, I, I think that probably some of the hosts, when are when they're injured or shot, are programmed to go unconscious, like so they don't just keep going at a guy like a Terminator. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I no, I get that, but I was under the impression that the control unit got destroyed and that that was the whole thing. I don't know. I I literally don't understand anything about how the hosts die or how they don't die. I, I think it's. I don't think it's because. Because now you're you're dealing with I don't at least I don't think so I think that I don't think that was true in the first season I think they kind of introduced that maybe at the end of the first season or beginning when they were showing the actual drones with the control units I think I don't think it was ever established that they either a couldn't be shot in the head or shooting in the head would destroy their control unit okay I don't think but I could be wrong it doesn't really so matter. if nothing can destroy their control. I don't know. I think it'll. I don't know. I I'm so like bothered by this whole thing. I think the. I think. I think that's probably why. To LSK's point, I think that's probably why they're showing Dolores pulling off the slug off the control unit because it didn't puncture it. So we know no matter what, their control units are still going to be intact if they don't get shot. So yeah, but he did get shot. No, no. I mean, if they. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So essentially, what we're learning is that even though they blew up the cradle, which was supposed to make it so if they died, they actually died. No one's actually going to die unless they get blown up like Angela because their control units are going to be intact. N- so all of the no, I, I think are out. no, no, no. I think I think they literally. I think what the four. I think what the Valley Beyond was doing was taking the data in the control unit and taking it out and putting it on the server and emptying the control unit. I don't think there's any remnant of them left behind as they dived to freedom. So I think all of the hosts that jumped are gone forever because their consciousness, which isn't backed up anywhere except on this unknown server somewhere, I think evaporates from the, I think it literally teleports via Bluetooth <laughs> so, out of the control unit and onto the forge, thus them choosing freedom, essentially. So essentially, Angela blowing up that room made it so if people went through this door... They couldn't be recreated, but everybody else can be recreated a zillion times over again. Say that again. So Angela blowing up this room mm-hmm. essentially made meant the cradle. You mean, yeah, the cradle yep. meant that if people went into the forge, they could never be created again by Delos, but everybody else still can be recreated. Whoever didn't jump can be, I believe. So essentially, this whole idea that the reason for blowing up the cradle was so that they were now mortal like everybody else, which was indicated and talked about a bunch of times after that happened, was not the case. I think it's them jumping to their death and then being transported to this fictional Eden where they live out their days or so to speak. That's not what we were told for every episode leading up to this. Mm -hmm. We were told that they were now mortal and if they died, they died. That's what we were told, right? Doesn't look like anything to me. Okay. So I, I don't then I must be crazy because I'm pretty sure that that was the whole point of blowing up the cradle was now there were no backups anymore. So now if they died, they really died. I thought that was the whole no, fucking I think, point. Yes. And then we introduced the valley beyond, which was to then. Oh my put- God. I hate this episode even more now. <laughs> the more you explain it, the more I don't like it. Okay. Let's try <laughs> I'm to going get the wrong way. Let's try to get through it though. 
I think what happened was they blow up the cradle so they knew that they wouldn't make copies of them with their personalities. Right? So, so What is the whole point of them saying they're mortal a zillion times? I don't, and how for, they die, for, they die. Let's not get hung up on okay. terms. Forget immortal. I think the point was Jessica is a host. She doesn't want Delos to make another Jessica with a copy of her consciousness. So they destroy the cradle. Now all you have that's left is in that little control unit. And you make a decision to go to the valley beyond by terminating your physical body and living in the fucking Westworld matrix. Thus denying control of Delos. I think that's what's kind of cool about it is so Akachita can never be recreated now. But here's the Sure. Until fucking season four when they want to bring him back and they find some fucking way to do it. Right. So I will agree with you there. So here's the only issue is that this these these consciousness, this Eden gets beamed somewhere, not to Delos, but somewhere. Yeah, I get that. So the idea is it can probably be hacked and extracted. I mean, it's still out there, right? As long as they're living in a digital world, it can be accessed and hacked at some point by someone somewhere. So, I mean, there is always that kind of, there's always that writing device, which, a little, which is a little cheesy, but it does exist. I just don't understand. I went through X amount of episodes thinking there were actual stakes for the host, and it turns out there never were. And apparently, mm-hmm. I just don't know how to watch the show correctly. Because the whole time, they were never going to fucking die, and everything was going to be fine. Blowing up that cradle was just for what that shit you just said, which makes no sense. Because Dolores didn't know about that yet. Mm-hmm. She literally finds out about it in this episode. What's that? About the the forge right. and them going into it. She finds out this episode. So then why the fuck did she want the cradle blown up if she didn't know that? Because I think, I think, I could be wrong. I think Dolores thought, I am in control of me. There will not be another copy of me. But there'll be a million other copies of her because she's got the ball in her head and that's the whole thing. And she was never going to go through the door. She didn't want to go through the door because she has a different mission, which is to go to the fucking real world and dominate. Like that's what she wants to do. But she still has the ball in her head that they can use to continuously recreate her. They can't because that's in, contained in her own unit. If she gets captured, sure, maybe. But she's 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 actually immortal. We learned but, in this is, episode, which is which one of the. We'll get there. <laughs> well, one of the reasons. One of the reasons we were fucking all over the place. I know. I'm sorry. Look, I'm like of, really emotional about this. I know. Like, calm the, the fuck down. The more I talk down. about it, the more I get aggravated. One of the reasons she wanted to destroy the cradle and all the hosts things is because she's like, you're just putting them in another fake simulation. Like that was her thing was, I'm going to destroy this, which is a real selfish sort of wacky thing for her to say because she's deciding for everybody. But that was the point. Like, anyway, um, let's, let's get past this scene, shall we? Oh God, I'll try. So she rides off. She finds a man in black digging into his arm. It looks like there's about to be a reckoning for the man in black. He's digging into his arm. We don't know what the hell's going on, but she walks up behind him, picks up his gun, and um, we see the pancake slug, right? Yes. You begin to question reality, she says to him. And uh, the man in black's first question to her is, where's Teddy? (laughs) Because he fucking knows where Teddy is. I like that line from him. And she says, I drove him away. Does he know where Teddy is? I think he's guessing. Yeah. Um, I guess I drove someone away too, he says under his breath. And that's when she says, well, I found Emily a mile back. And um, we're more alike than it seems. We're nothing like you're a monster. Uh, but a monster is what I'll need to be to get to the valley. A, a monster is what I will need to get to the valley beyond. So you're coming with me. <clears throat> she hands him the pistol. They ride off. I have problems with <laughs> Let her rip. Not my like specific problems as far as like there's nothing about this that is egregiously problematic. Mm-hmm. But my problem with this is this. We have learned that the man in black is William, who Dolores had a very intimate relationship with, 
right? Mm-hmm. Who there was there was there was something to this. This is a thing we watched for an entire season. We rooted for, and now we know he's a shitty guy. And we know he's done all this shitty stuff. But I don't know. I've been waiting for these two to be reunited and to see what their reunion is like. And I I expected something different than this. I feel like there was no justice done to the past relationship between between these two because Dolores remembers it now. Mm-hmm. Before she never did, it didn't matter. Right. But she now knows who he is. She knows he's William. She knows Emily's his daughter. She knows that she was in love with this man at some point or mm-hmm. thought she was in love with this man at some point. And I feel like there was no justice done to this relationship that season one revolved around when we liked Dolores. Mm -hmm. Because we don't like Dolores anymore, right? Because I don't like Dolores anymore, personally. What were you thinking would have been sufficient? I I don't know. And and that's the thing. Like, I can't tell you what would have been better. Yeah, that's fair, obviously. But but I just felt like, I was like, this is not what I wanted from this. Mm -hmm. And even him going to shoot her later, I'm like, this isn't how I want. This is not how I thought it would be. I feel like it just cheapens the entire story we spent an entire season learning about in season one. I kept thinking, like, what's going to happen when these two reunite? Mm-hmm. They're on the same path. They want the same things. Are we going to find some redemption for the Man in Black? Some redemption for Dolores at this point? What's it going to be? And, and it was just, it, it really was underwhelming to me, and I was disappointed. That's by fair. their interaction. Sure. Um, I, I'm definitely not thrilled with the Man in Black storyline this episode. And I think his interaction here with Doris, Dolores, Doris. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what's Doris? Is that MTV? Doris? MTV? Yeah. What's that dumb show? The fucking door, door begins with a D. Cartoon. Dora the Explorer? No. From Nickelodeon? No. Oh, Daria? Daria. First of all, it's not a dumb cartoon. Wow. Daria. Oh, my God. Hold the phone. That is inappropriate talk on this podcast. No. Daria is a fantastic It's actually show. good. Yeah, I know. I, I own it I, on DVD. I'm going to watch it tonight. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. I couldn't think of it. Daria. God damn it. Daria. But anyway, um, so she calls him a monster because she does remember. So she knows everything about him. And that's when she says, I'm going to need a, va- a monster to value beyond. Um, Dolores here, in my opinion, is kind of just saying, I need another gun, kind of like Teddy. And this is a relationship of convenience for her. Um, and apparently, uh, whatever they, sh- whatever past they shared, Perhaps she's closed the book on that many years ago. Don't know. But it is what it is. They move on. Uh, Bernard. Bernard well, who didn't move on? Me. Mm-hmm. So. Bernard stands on a hill overlooking the trail to the valley beyond, right? Yes. And of course, we see the hosts walking together. I like the hosts walking together. I like the mass exodus. I think it's it's until we get to the, the actual hosts fighting each other thing. But, you know. Um I like how it looks. I like the idea of them all together, like believing in this thing, mm-hmm. this this greater thing. I, I like the way it looks, seeing all of them cinematically. And I know we already, we talked about this the very first time we watched the episode. Clementine looks fucking fantastic. It's badass. My God, what great filmmaking that shit is. Okay. Um, um, I, um, there was two really cringeworthy lines in this episode. Um, one is Hale later when she makes the death reference which is annoying because most people got you know the pale rider reference death fucking running to kill it was cool right it's very revelations it's very biblical the death road on a pale horse or or death and a pale rider on a horse whatever pale horse death road on a pale horse i remember it's i don't, death don't know about revelations so i have it right here i looked and behold an ashen horse and he who sat on it had the name death and hades was following him authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with swift sword and the famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth and what's so crazy is this show that expects us all to be fucking smarter than we are have to spell out a biblical reference 
guys, we got it. Yeah. We fucking got it. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> they could have spelled out some of the more challenging things. I went to Catholic college, okay? I know about Revelation. It's just, it was just super cinematic. She's the, the actress looked perfect for it. Her makeup oh, was great. God, the big cuts on her. Oh, it, it looked so cool. I'm sorry. Slick. That looked fantastic. It looked gorgeous. It was so, that was so well shot. Yep. Her riding through with the big cars behind her mm-hmm. and how she's just like zombie. Right. Great. Looked beautiful. Loved it. Yep. Um, so uh, we see Rowan, who truly is an evil person. Oh, thank God. Since he enables Maeve's pain receptors to kill her. I mean, this guy is fucked up. But um, no, not, that's not going to happen, is it? The downhosts rise and kill him with the bone saw instead. Why do you think Maeve didn't do this earlier? I think it happened post Ford's visit. Okay. Right. I'm fine with that. Yeah, thank I think you. so. Um, cut to Hector and the rest moving through um, the HQ, right? I, or, I, or, I, love I guess this they call crew. it the Mesa. What do they call it? Oh, well, the Mesa is the big circular room. But um, yeah, the, the Hector crew shows up. They come across Lee because, of course, we saw where Lee was last time. And he says he tried to save her. Hector says, well, you can stay here and dive instead. I will save her. Right? And Lee's like, no, I'm going to fall. I, I love Hector and crew. Love these, love these guys. Love these characters. Um, lovely. Sorry. Hated Lee last season. Lovely. Favorite character. Non-favorite character. He was good. But love, love him. He was good. No complaints about Lee this episode. Okay. I like that he's like crying in the corner. He's like, oh, I tried to save her. I was going to save her. And no, notice he doesn't go back and try to save her. But then when he's got Hector there, he's like, okay, I'm going to go save her. Like he's still like a little, he's still a wuss until the very end. Which I like about Lee. But he cares about Maeve. And I like that about Lee. Right. Lee is the most turn of character for me in a long time, I have to say. There you go. Him and Steve Harrington. Then we get a pretty cinematic sequence with the Bulls. This was a promo video that we'd seen before, um, way back when they were advertising season two, uh, the half-built Bulls goring people to death. Um, I thought this looked amazing. I think it was cool that Maeve was able to, quote, save herself versus being rescued. Me too. I liked that. Um, And I also thought it was a nice touch that the way Maeve covered her body with that wrap. It made her almost look like a matador. It was kind of slick. This was also great filmmaking. Cinematography-wise, it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Watching it, you were like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yep, cool cinematic. I, but the, 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 the way she drapes the cloth across her body, I'm like, she great. looks like a fucking bullfighter, man. And it's when cool. you just see her feet like walking amongst them, yep. it's, it's really, really cool. I love the part when like the bull like gores one guy and he's like, ah, and then he shoots the other guy in the face. I was like, that was pretty good. Right. <laughs> that was my favorite death. Pretty cool. Um, you're both a bit late, so I went ahead and saved myself. All I right, Maeve. That's what she says. That's what she says. And guess what? Still love Maeve. Yep. Just saying. So we go back to Dolores and the Man in Black, and they're having a bit of a discussion here, right? Um, they are riding. I think this is kind of neat, the way they're riding with an eye shot of the hosts, but they're not with them. Yes. They're kind of off on the side. I thought that was cool filming. Um, you think any of these dumb bastards know where they're headed, the Man in Black says. Uh, having this camaraderie, camaraderie with Dolores in sort his of. mind. Um, they will, uh, they will not find a way out. The man in black insists, um, they aren't looking for a path to your world. They want a place apart from you and they are willing to die to get there. Dolores says, right? Yes. Dolores claims she is looking for something similar to what the man in black is looking for. There's something here she wants to destroy. Remember, she's looking for a weapon. She said that how many episodes ago? Mm-hmm. Um, man in black notes, their interests are a bit aligned right up until they won't be. I feel like they really shut in the man in black in this episode and did not give him good stuff. And that upsets me. 
Because well, he's also my favorite character, along with Lee. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, maybe last week they kind of felt like this will be what we do with him until season three. They kind of did that whole thing. Yeah, but him. I have to wait seven years for season three. I don't have time for that. <clears throat> but I'm just saying, I don't <laughs> think they wanted to focus entirely on Man in Black. I I, it, it was a little cheap, but... I think we saw a big rev- a big retribution with him and his daughter at the at the end here, which we'll talk about, of course. Yeah. But anyway, Bernard, he's heading to his own door, isn't he? Um, yeah. He's got shit he's got to do. He sure does. An extraction team shows up, and they are uh, rapidly gunned down by the cavalry uh, combination of the man in black and, of course, Dolores. Um, of course you're here. I like that. Dolores tells the man in black that Bernard is something he spent years looking for. And then watching, Ed Harris is such a good actor. I know. When you see him realize, oh, I should have known it was you, Arnold. He, he could, like he's Ed Harris rules. Which I love. I love his revelation that, oh, this is Arnold. But here is my problem with this. He immediately says, who the hell is this? Mm-hmm. It's fucking Bernard. You've interacted with him a million times. You own fucking Westworld. <clears throat> You're part of Delos Corp. You're trying to tell me he doesn't recognize Bernard Lowe? Am I wrong? Don't this know. is nitpicky, but I'm really bothered by this. Both times I watched it, he goes, who the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fucking Bernard Lowe, the guy you've met a zillion times in the show. I don't know if they were not thinking and they didn't realize it came off that way, mm-hmm. but he knows who this man is. He knows this is Bernard Lowe. I like the revelation that he realizes it's Arnold, but I, I don't like that they start it with him saying, who is this? Oh, it's a fucking guy you've talked to a zillion times. What do you mean? Who is it? Fair criticism. So um, after that, Dolores tells the man in black that um, Bernard is someone he spent years looking for, right? Um, But anyway, Ford didn't build him. I did. Ford tasked me with recreating him. I built a faithful recreation too faithful. So I changed him. I made you, Bernard. Fitting, we are here in the end. Um, Daniel Felch says the man in black went, no, Bernard. Um, He thought he stays out of the narratives. But I cannot believe in all these years he's never met Bernard. Ever? Like, we've never seen them together? Weren't they together at that party at the end? I don't know. I just find that so hard to believe that all this time of him owning everything that he doesn't know who like higher up people are on the totem pole of Westworld employees. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't have crossed paths once in 15 years, LSK says. I know LSK is really salty, but it's that fair. is how uh, I feel. I think you might be more salty than him. I don't but, think but so. It is a, but it is a fair criticism. I did say I like this episode, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Like LSK, he was like, I can't believe you watched this. Like, die. Anyway, um, we go to the man in black trying to uh, kill Dolores, right? So this is uh, some stuff we should talk about. Oh, God, yeah. So the man in black shoots her in the back a couple times, and then um, he gets to whatever round he gets to, and the weapon backfires. Yeah, can you explain, like, how guns work? Sure. To people like me and Aaron in the mm-hmm. chat, even though I know Daniel Felch is apparently a gun expert and was already explaining it. Um, so... Um, apparently this particular pistol has a shotgun underarm. Yeah, Daniel Felch, he's on top of this shit. Okay, cool. He keeps telling everybody in the chat. He Is that what he's saying? Up. I don't have my chat up. I have the episode up. Oh, um, well. There's an under barrel. Mm-hmm. So he roll, He goes through all of all of his all of his rounds, and then there's this little barrel underneath, a second single-shot breach-action shotgun. She probably jammed it in that. Yes, Daniel says she plugged the barrel. Correct. Okay. So when she when he discharges the firearm, it's going to backfire. And okay. backfires can be harmless or be devastating. It's really random. Yeah, so Man Black doesn't have a hand anymore. Blows the top of his all his fingers right the fuck off. That's unfortunate. Totally realistic. That's fine. 
However, I'm fine with that too. Let's talk about hosts being shot and what that means in Westworld. I'm not fine with this. How can Dolores be shot 27 times? I think six, maybe. And okay, great. So she turns her pain function off. Sure, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, has Maeve not turned her pain function off and still been so close to death that she could barely move? Maeve, Maeve's, Maeve's reaction and the other hosts' reaction that are awake poses a bit of an issue. I'm not sure how hosts actually die. I don't know if it's programmed, which if it is, fine, but how does Maeve succumb to bullet wounds? I don't know the answer. If we're saying that they don't, their their body doesn't function the same, like if you, I mean, could you, I mean, you could bisect her and she could walk around presumably, right? I mean, does she require her organs? Does she know? Is it just flesh and muscle? Do they have brains that matter? Like these, these questions I don't know the answers to. But they obviously experience pain and we've watched a million times in the show people die from wounds that people would die from. Correct. Which makes me think is and that- feel pain from them. Yep, correct. react to them. Correct. Right. Pain doesn't necessarily equate with death. So my question becomes, is it a program thing, right? Okay. Is there a, it may be, or is it possible? Um, so my next question is if Dolores has somehow programmed herself, which she hasn't because she doesn't program things, that shit Maeve does. Wait a second. Daniel Falch has a good point. He says that the, 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 the extraction team are wielding different weapons than the ones in the park. That's true. They're wielding much more modern weapons that might have, that might be, I, I don't know. I don't know if that matters. I'm not sold on that because I think a 45 from a fucking Navy six shooter is going to do as much damage as a, as a nine millimeter round out of a P90, to be honest with you. I don't know if it comes I, down to caliber. I think if Man in Black shot Bernard in this scene, you wouldn't have kept walking and been like, whatever, no big deal. Yeah, so I don't know what, I don't know. There's there's a different, in, in Westworld, there always, has always been an inconsistency in the way firearms do damage to different hosts. That's why the only explanation would be it has something to do with programming, but that still doesn't answer the Maeve question, which is why does Maeve succumb to her rounds? Is it willingly because now she knows her daughter has escaped? That's very stupid. Is that, is that, is that how she wanted her narrative to end and she just went down? And so she's like, I just can choose when I die? So, okay, But what great. about Hector? What about the other ones? You think why? Maeve, uh, Hector wanted to die? Fuck no. Hector. That's my point. So here's my question. Go. So if Dolores is programmed to not die or whatever and she can be shot 50 million times in ways that would kill any normal person, how come when she's shot in the head does she die? By Bernard earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I don't no, later. know. Later. I don't. Oh, yeah, later. Yeah. So I don't, this literally makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. I get it. It looks good. But I, I hate this. So I hate it. So here's, here's a final explanation I will offer here. And here it is. Um, it's possible that they're fucked up, but I, I have another alternative thought. Is what, what's with the guns in Westworld? Because Bernard isn't using a Westworld gun either. He's using a, a, a real like Glock firearm. Teddy was using a Westworld gun when he shot himself. Correct. Right. So how come Teddy dies? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. So the answer is they did this because there it is looked no cool. There is no answer. I don't have an answer. Didn't write really it. Really bothered by this. Yeah. Don't know. Couldn't tell you, my friend. I wish I had answers for you. I wish you did too, because I really hate this part and really upsets me. Okay. So uh, I, I think we, we've established that the gun physics are uh, 
they lack <laughs> um, amazing consistency in Westworld for sure. Unacceptable. Yep, I don't know. Okay. Couldn't tell you. All right, I'm ready to move on. Um, I got more shit I'm going to complain here's about the, later. Here's the final <laughs> answer I'm going to offer, and I'm going to be honest with you, it's a total stretch. You have to suspend your disbelief a little, oh, and it's God, a total God, stretch, God. and I'm sorry. Okay. But here's what I'm going to offer you. Teddy might not have been enlightened enough to not die. Maybe it's part of his programming when he elects that he wants to die and he shoots himself with a Westworld gun. Maybe the man in black's, quote, Westworld gun couldn't affect Dolores because of whatever state of enlightenment she reached. And perhaps the gun that Bernard used on her wasn't, and that was a factor. Perhaps the gun, perhaps the P90 guns that were used were a different factor. I don't know. I don't want to go through all of the intellectual exercises. I don't have an answer. I'm speculating and I'm asking people to indulge in their fucking imaginations because I don't me. have the answers for you. Me, me, me. So how come the Westworld guns don't kill Dolores, but they kill normal people? What do you mean? How come the, the man in black and Dolores with those guns shot all those fucking bros that were trying to kill Bernard with Westworld guns? Who shot them? Dolores and the man in black. Oh, there you go. See, no consistency. What can and I tell also, you? how come his bolt gun didn't explode then when he was shooting those guys? This is a complaint I literally just came up with a second. Because he didn't go through all the rounds on his revolver yet. But he shot a zillion people from his horse, and they shot Dolores like five times. Right. How many rounds does he have in this thing? Probably six or seven oh, in the revolver piece. Oh, he shot piece. more than that many times. And then he reloaded. The 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 underarm shotgun, this is something you... Uh, you I, I will concede the lack of consistency with the guns thing, but that particular weapon, the under-barrel shotgun, is super, super close range. It makes sense he would have reserved it for this range of an attack. So he has more than one gun. No, he just reloaded the pistol many times while fighting everyone else. And then when he got close, he said, oh, I'm going to use the shotgun on her. So he has two guns. No, he might have more than one gun. I'm confused. Are you saying this is the same gun? Yes. He didn't use the underbarrel weapon at those long ranges when he was engaging. But it's the same gun? You use There's it in two different two, ways? I don't want correct. to this at all. This oh is God. so fucking painful to listen to. I apologize, <laughs> listeners. We're going to move on. There's, I just don't There's understand. one barrel that can shoot many rounds that you can continue reloading. The spiked one is a separate barrel for close range encounters that he only okay. shot one time. Fine. And it was when he shot it at her. Fine. Now that's it, fine. Thank you. Now the other, the real question you should be asking is, that's also risky by Dolores because she didn't know when he was going to use that gun. He could have used it at any time and blew his own fucking yeah, but hand. She never off. dies, so it's fine. No, not even pointing at her, helping her. He could have. Yeah, but she, she don't care. But my point is, she didn't know. It was a convenient piece of writing that of it happened in that minute. Um, Mr. Foxhound says she's an older model, so she doesn't have the same like fake organs like Teddy and some of the other hosts. But Maeve is an old model too, right? Force said Maeve's his favorite, and we've seen her in older scenes. I'm sure we've belabored the firearms no, point long enough. I'm we sorry. really got to move on because <laughs> it doesn't. It's a little hard to listen to. It's hard to talk about, to be honest with you. And I'm certain somebody who has combed the shit out of this and been to 700 fucking subreddits. I can't wait till I go on Reddit. I'm doing it tonight is going to send us an email and tell us what the fuck's going on. I hope they do. All right. So let's go to, uh, she leaves the man in black in the dirt, saying she's not going to give him the piece of death. Peace out, bro. She takes Bernard and they enter the facility. Right? Yeah. So Bernard's in the facility. We're 17 minutes in the episode. What And the an f- hour into the <laughs> podcast. All right, in- let's skip to the end. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so into the uh, forge they go. Right. Into the forge they go. 
Bernard and uh, Dolores. 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 Um, Bernard has a bit of a flash. We see him with Strand. He is uh, with the main team of Hale, Stubbs, and Strand. Um, this is obviously post-draining of the valley. So this is the future from everything we've seen, right? So this is when Hale is Dolores. Oh, yeah, yeah. When they see him on the beach, yeah, for sure. So when she's talking to Stubbs and Stubbs wants to find the guest, Strand says, no, Hale goes, just go check it out. Just don't take any boats. That's Dolores. Yep. I would imagine in this point, yes, because they actually find him on the beach. Right? That makes sense because Strand is alive. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Duh. No, wait, not duh, but yeah. Okay. Well, no, that doesn't make any sense because Strand is alive. Yeah, but Strand was alive when Dolores, I mean, when Hale was Dolores. No, we're getting, we're confusing ourselves. Was Elsie alive? (laughs) No, this is not the, this is him with the handcuffs on. This is not them finding him at the first episode on the beach with the glasses. This is him handcuffed after he got away from them. Remember? So way later. This is still Hale. Let's, let's keep it moving here because we're going to fucking die on this episode. I don't. I disagree. I think she's Dolores. But I miss fine. this part of Westworld. This part's <laughs> fun. This is the stuff I remember from when season Dean and one. I disagree on something. No, it's not even that. I don't care about disagreeing. It's just we're fucking can't get past the first eighteen minutes of the episode. Well, I have a lot of problems. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want to just pretend I don't? No. Say okay. I'm away, but I don't I know, know what you're asking me. I don't have the answers for you. I was asking if you thought Hale is Dolores here. And no, you said it's not. no, and it's I not. said yes. It's so not. all right, we'll, we'll all agree to disagree. Okay. Chat, tell us who's right. So, um, where am I seeing here? Oh, right. Um, so we learn that there are some humans, uh, there are some human signals out there. Stubbs wants to check them out. Strand doesn't. He tells Hale Stubbs to just check it out. Bernard and Hale and company head out on rafts. They see the dead ghost nation person on the shoreline. So we know that this guy is the first one who jumped through, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Um, Strand asks why the host came here. Hale tells Strand that Bernard doesn't know. She says that what they need is down there in the forge. But this is why I thought that Hale was already Dolores here. Why? Because she's like, Bernard doesn't know. Earlier, she's like, Bernard, you're going to give me fucking answers. And all of a sudden, she's like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. She has to be Dolores here. Okay, she's Dolores. Okay, I feel better Um, now. So she says that what they need is down there in the forge, right? Outside the door, we see a giant transmission device. Strand says... When they find the assets, they will transmit it back to Delos, right? Yes. Um, they head into the forge via the elevator, cut to Dolores and Bernard going into the elevator. Yeah, there's a lot of back and forth between like Bernard with Strand and Co. and Bernard and Dolores here. It was very tough to take notes for me. So Dolores and Bernard at the forge. Yes. Um, we see the faceless drones working. Um, this is a really cool set. I love the water on the ground. This is just really awesome looking down here. I thought it was a really cool set. Yeah. We cut back to Strand moving through the same area, right? Right. So these are our time transitions. So when we cut back to Strand, we're seeing that what's going to happen in the future, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's out of sequence. That's all. Yeah. We learn that 4 million souls reside here, copied. Costa says that the data is locked, but the data is present. And that's when they find dead Dolores. Pretty cool. And she's Hale right now. So she was Hale when she was upstairs on the beach and talking to Stubbs. You already said that. I know, but so now we know I'm right. Yeah. Okay. I said that. But I thought you just said it to pacify me and talk because you believed me. I did it for both reasons. Okay. They're not mutually exclusive. (laughs) Um, So she flooded the valley, um, Strand surmises, right? Yeah. They asked Bernard what she was looking for. 
He, of course, doesn't answer. You don't know. They're still looking for Abernathy's control unit. Strand says he will pry from his head. And then some Costa says, well, it'll take 20 fucking years to go through 20 years of Bernard's memories, right? Yeah. So that's just not going to work. They can't force it. Bernard really fucked shit up when he messed up his memories. Good move, Bernard. Mm-hmm. Good work, Bernard sir. says he can't help them. Cut back. So this is where we see Dolores and Bernard talking when we cut back, correct? Correct. They're discussing the perverse ambition of humans. Bernard wonders what the drones are assembling. The promised land, he wonders. Dolores says that there is an entry to another land, but that is not what she is interested in. She is searching for mankind's undoing. She's real fucking crazy about whole, this whole taking over the world stuff. She ain't fucking around. No joke. She pops uh, what I think is Abern- um, Abernathy's control unit in to access the database, correct? Because we know he was the encryption key. Sure. Um, she takes Bernard into the forge to show him. They enter what I call Westworld Matrix. Yes. Because it's an easy way to differentiate it from everything else that's going on this episode. I'm fine with that. So in the Westworld Matrix, we learn some pretty important things here. Bernard and Dolores are in what appears to be Delos' old room. They enter Westworld proper, i.e. via this Matrix, right? Mm-hmm. Sweetwater, to be exact, she sees herself. Bernard says he thinks that this is where they were testing it. They go into the Mariposa. Bernard says him. He points Delos. to Delos. This is probably the baseline, right? So what Delos did when he came to the park as a guest. So what we're seeing, which is kind of cool, is Delos as a guest in Westworld, I guess right after he purchased it, which is kind of neat because he has a celebration because he's crazy. Yeah. They were already mapping his mind at this point. He did not know that, obviously, right? This is being done surreptitiously without Delos' knowledge at this point. Correct. Or any of their points. None of them know at this point. Clementine's talking to me, Mira, the fuck you want, including death. That's uh, what I'm going to be real soon. <laughs> I'm going to be real death. Real soon. You know, in a pretty white dress with pretty white, white, rotting flesh. Like, she's real pretty, but she's the best when she's a zombie. She's pretty badass. No joke. Like, literally the best. Dale tells Clementine, this is my world, right? I just bought it. We're all going to celebrate with the entire lot of you. Um, Dolores and Bernard, of course, move on. There are gunshots in the street. Dillon's just shooting people. He's going crazy. He's, he's got all cuts on his face and shit. Yeah, he's being a crazy man. Um, yeah, small changes in the programming. Yep. So the tiniest change they make can cause this whole huge rift, essentially. Correct. Which I guess makes sense. Yep. Um, they talk about that here. Bernard explains, it must have been one of the system's attempts to replicate him. It caused swings in behavior, Something they've dealt with in the hosts, of course, especially in season one with the reveries, right? Yeah, exactly. Dolores um, calls Delos insane. Bernard asks uh, Dolores what they are looking for, and she says something underneath all this. So all this on the surface, she's not interested in. She's here for the real power. The system itself. Indeed. She wants to see the deep levels of the Matrix. I like how he's like, yeah, you're never going to find it. And then she's like, LOL, it's right here, Bernard. (laughs) Get your shit together. I'm Dolores. I'm Dolores, Bernard. So Bernard reminds us that the Western Magic is never designed to have a conscious mind wander around in it. The control system may be invisible to them. But no. A cool, uh, surreal transition from day to night. Thought that was really neat. And then, of course, they arrive at a black tie party of sorts. And uh, Dolores says that they are in one of Delos' memories. She knows because she was there. Yes, it is the night he retired. Very cool. Kind of weird to go into a memory of someone else where you're featured in it. (laughs) 
And, and just interesting what too, a mind fuck. because in the real memory, she speaks to Logan, but in this, Logan says the same thing. He's like, you're not supposed to be down here. And it's the same exact thing he said to her in her memory of the event, which is probably on purpose. He's probably being cheeky. Yeah. I yeah. Like I liked it. that. It's a cheeky program. <laughs> I like that cheeky program. They arrive, uh, and then, of course, uh, enter Logan, right? He says what you said. Dolores reminds us that Logan never came back to the party after William took control. The, the park, you park. mean? Sorry, I don't know why. Or the party. party. He didn't come back to that either. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> come back to life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh, sorry. R.I.P. Logan. Yeah. So the system should not have a copy of him. So we are seeing Delos's memories of Logan. But actually, we're just seeing the system, and it Correct. just looks like Logan. Correct. Why not? Yep. Let's not like waste this guy. Bernard He's was our friend. guessing incorrectly. Because remember, everybody, we're in Westworld Matrix. Um, so Logan says he plays all these roles. Bernard makes the connection. He knows that Logan is the system, right? Yeah, why hire a new actor when you can just throw Logan out there? Yeah, give him some work. And it makes sense they're in a Delos memory. Poor Logan. I bet he appears as different people in different memories. It'd be kind of cool to think the about system? it. Yeah. Why not, Oops. right? And two different people. Yeah. Like if somebody else was trying to go like in. He look like whatever he wants. He could look like a naked lady if you want. Like, to. do you think like when Bernard goes in the system by himself, it's just Ford? He's like, what's up, bro? Yeah, probably. Because that's all Bernard has going on is Ford. Oh. That was dumb fake kid. Yeah, he stopped caring about that kid real fast. He did. He's like, I want to kill humans with Dolores. It sounds like fun. <laughs> this is my move. So Logan uh, says he was tasked with building perfect copies of the guests, starting with Delos. I generated 18 million versions of him before arriving at one that made the exact choices he did when he was set loose in the park. A faithful copy, but the copies didn't work in the real world when pressed to flesh. We failed, says Logan. Now, that's intense. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of time for failure. 18 million versions. It's a lot of fucking versions. Mm-hmm. Logan strived for fidelity, he says. He needed more information. He incorporated their secrets and lies. He wanted the lives they made in their lives. Um, at first, I was seduced by the stories they told themselves of their lives and who they are, the reasons they do what they do. I needed to know why they made these decisions. The longer I looked for an answer, the more I realized they don't. So this is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I like this because I like the idea of human behavior kind of just repeating after X amount of tests. It just starts to repeat and do mm-hmm. the same thing over and over again. It's a huge mindfuck. It also makes you feel like your species is pretty simple. Uh, which, Especially the coding part when they're like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's like 40 million lines of code in Windows. There's 10,000 in a person. So that's more complicated than us. Windows 7 is more complicated. But um, he does say, uh, he continues the virtual tour. We go to the moment that defined, defined James Delos' life. He's, of course, talking to Logan. Which is why Logan is our bro here. Logan looks terrible. He's a junkie. They talk about how they learned how to swim. There's a lot of tension here. And uh, essentially, he says, you got five minutes to get out. You're not getting any money. Logan came to him and asked for help, and Delos would not give it. And this is the thing he keeps coming back to. Yep, and this was, if you recall, that incredibly good episode with Delos, what he was saying in the dark. He was repeating Logan's words here. What words? What what he says when he's, don't you want to see what I see? On the bottom, this yes. is what he just kept repeating you are correct. over and over and over again. I remember in that scene, I was like, wow, of all things, because he yells for Logan mm-hmm. in that episode That's too. Why. And I was very like emotionally, I was like, 
why was daughter? What was wife? What about all these other things? Why Logan? Why Logan? Why Logan? Why. And clearly, it it comes back to that. This is this his cornerstone. This is this defining moment for him. Correct. Which I can get. I can get yep. it. Like having your child who you expected all these things out of becoming a fucked up junkie and has probably come to you for help a million times and you probably helped him a million times mm-hmm. and this time you say no and then he's dead six months later. Yep. Like I can understand that being the moment you come back to for the rest of your life. Yep. It make it makes sense to me. I'm 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 fine with this. Yeah, when you connect it back Story. to that incredibly good episode with Delos, yep. where he says, uh, I see all the way down. I can see the bottom. Do you want to see what I see? He's repeating the words. Which is so interesting. Very cool. And it makes sense. He always comes back to that moment. Even That's that's good. I didn't even realize that. The ray that. of sunshine in a shit episode for you. Wow, I didn't even realize that. I love I love how fucked up Delos is after her son died and said that scary <laughs> fucking shit to him. <laughs> this is a great show. This is the last conversation they ever had, we learned. So... A couple of functions here. We're learning about the Forge and its capabilities. We're also wrapping up storylines, which is one of the things I thought was cool about seeing Delos. Why? What happened? What happened to Logan? What's? How did this end? We kind of get to see it here while also explaining the Forge, which I just thought was neat. I thought that was a clever way to do this. This is a standout scene for me. Yeah, I appreciate them giving Logan a close out here. And James. Yeah, and James. I mean, he wasn't with us as long as Logan, but... So um, Logan tells us that regardless of the million different pathways for Delos, they always ended here. That is depressing. Fucking so depressing. This is also a major theme of of the show, and it has been a major theme going back to the uh, beginning of Westworld, which is the idea of free will. Mm-hmm. And what they're surmising, this is essentially a Sam Harris lecture, this whole episode, which is he's saying, they're kind of the writers are kind of saying that there's only so many permutations and that free free will might not necessarily be a thing. Um, he says, you know, the pet, the humans, because because Bernard's like, wait, they can't choose it. Well, they can do is just live according to their code in essence. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Is free will a real thing? The copies... It's a great discussion to have. It's, it's, it's really good. Way beyond the scope of this podcast, this particular day. No, no fucking shit. Dare we go into another firearms rabbit hole? Again, my bedtime was 20 minutes ago. <clears throat> All right, so let me move over to the copies didn't fail via simplicity, but rather through being too complicated. A human is just a brief algorithm. 10,247 lines. We see a book being etched. It's titled James Delos. Very cool. This is so cool. I love the books. Yep, it's cool. Love the books. Love the giant library. Really high on that shit. Anytime you put a library in your show, I'm sold. Sounds in the library. One of the best episodes of Doctor Who of all time. I'm sorry. Show me a library, I'm sold. Beauty and the Beast, Stockholm Syndrome also. Love it, sold, library. Nice. Okay, that's all I have to say. Um, it's a cool visual representation if your avatars enter a virtual world and are going to look at bits of information. It's cool that you look at just a ton of different books, which is each one of them, one of these people. It's awesome. I, it looks and great. And they are sadly brief. Ugh. They're thin, thin books, aren't they? I really think about what my book would be, and I'm like, oh. Well, anyway, let's continue. Dolores wants to know where the rest of them are. So she's looking for some specific people that Mm -hmm. she thinks she may encounter. Right? Of course, she's going to end up looking at Strand's book, which is slick. Oh, yeah. She needs that shit. Very important. That's that's slick. Uh, We head over to Maeve. They're being pursued by Delos' fire team. Just a, our brief check-in with Just them. Just a check-in. Oh, there's our bros. They're, yep. they're coming to get them. They're being chased by cars. We'll get back to them. 
Logan tells Dolores that he recreated every guest in the park. Most are soft. They waver between love and pride. There are exceptions, the ones who are beyond redemption. None are truly in control of their actions. And this is where Bernard wonders if there's anything in the Westworld Matrix they can't, where they can't go. He's like, no, bro, you told me to let this bitch go wherever she wants. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's become of this place, Bernard pauses. They enter the Westworld Matrix library, all the books, souls, consciousness, you name it. Uh, Logan tells Bernard that he's been there many times. You told me to offer the hosts the accumulated wisdom of dissecting the human psyche a million times over. A competitive advantage, a way to understand the enemy, quote humans. Their world is not for the faint of heart. The hosts are unlikely to survive out there, but armed with this knowledge, she might. That's fucking intense. They're just basically giving her more weapons. And, and vast knowledge of all these people. It's incredible knowledge, incredible power. Yeah. Um, in the chat, Erin says that she likes that it's like piano music. Yep, it's which, slick. As, especially because this has been this reoccurring mode of this entire show is a piano music mm-hmm. in, in Sweetwater and then Mariposa. It, it, the show's visuals are always on point. Yep. And if you notice those, if I'm not mistaken, they never really showed notation, but just lines of code in the script, which is looks like when written, the code in the books. So that's another connection to the pianos. Mm-hmm. Very neat. So we see, uh, we check in on our boy Akachita in the trail of hosts. Love this guy. He's the best. Want to give him a hug. His pal wonders where the door is. And did we, you know, will we, we walk all this way to die? And that's when Akachita lays down that fucking hard ass wisdom. And he says, we've died countless times. If we die once more, at least the story was our own. This guy's actually my favorite character. It's awesome. I say back everything else I said. Right. Don't even care. Love him. Boyfriend. Done. There you go. Well, and if we believe the story that we kind of got bogged down in the middle, which was if the only copy of Akachita rests in that little control unit, when he jumps, the forge is programmed to beam his fucking head away from Delos forever. I hope so. Which is I'd cool. like him to have a happy So ending. then he can live in his little Eden while his body tumbles down in the thing below. But I'm really curious about season three, and I'm just going to speculate on this now, when they find these hosts and they start trying to turn them on, the ones that jumped, mm-hmm. they're probably going to be like, fuck, their control units are totally wiped. They're useless. But didn't they look at some and they said, oh, some are wiped and some aren't, remember? They said that in an earlier episode. I they don't said, remember. Mo- yes! <gasps> oh my God. In an earlier episode when they were looking through these things, they said most of them are wiped. But it's not like they were wiped. It's like nothing was ever there at all. Oh, they I, say that in an earlier episode. Yeah, but, but I think, you know why I think they said that? Because I think when the whole park floods, some of them mix in. Because remember, Teddy's mixed among them. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But Teddy though. didn't jump. He was mixed in. A, yeah, it doesn't matter if Teddy jumped or not. I bet it's ones that got that jumped, flooded. That are the ones that are the white brains. Correct. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But ones that jumped will all be wiped. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm saying that. Oh. But what I'm saying is, oh yeah, remember when they said that in an earlier episode? I didn't, but thank you for reminding yeah. me. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm happy about that, too. That's another thing I'm happy about in this, this episode. It's something you. that happened like seven episodes Wow, we're ago. making all kinds of ground today. <laughs> oh, my um, God. They embrace arms in solidarity, Akachita and his boy. I wish I knew his boy's name, but I don't. I do, and I forgot it. I do remember Kahuna, though. So let's oh, talk God, Lee's final stand in the Hector speech. You know who loves this? Fucking me. I'm a softie, and I love Lee now. Big time. There you go. There, there were two moments in the show that were emotionally impactful for me. This was one. <laughs> I thought this was kind of neat. No, three, I guess, I mean, kind of. The, the nitpicks I've seen about this were the idea of like him just sort of throwing his life away rather needlessly once they were clearly off and running. But I thought this was kind of cool. He bought them the time they needed. 
um, they weren't going to just shoot him unless he engaged them because they knew who he was immediately when they saw him. Um, I liked that he, all this time he spent vicariously living through these things. He got to experience his own sort of story in a weird poetic way. I, I think that he knows that after this, what does he go back mm-hmm. to? Yeah, I think so. I think he knows there's no what happens next for him at this point where he's at. Yeah. He can't go back and work for Delos after this. Yep. You know, he's a big higher up in the tone pole. He's not like a Felix or whatever who is just going to like work on hosts in a room, which he may also just quit his job and move on with his life, but it's not like that for Lee. Lee wrote all these stories. Yeah, he'll be these blacklisted people. by Delos, man. Lee? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not, it's, and it's not even just that. It's, you know, he wrote all these people's stories, but he then experienced them as people, like he grew to care about them in, in a way that mattered. And yeah, okay, we can be nitpicky about it, but no, who's not going to be? Fucking me. And I've been nitpicky about everything this episode, and I lovely. Boom. I love the speech. I love that he gives it. I love that he says, it's my speech anyway. I wrote a heart in my notes when he says, my fucking speech anyway. <laughs> um, so that's what I have to say about that. There you go. Lovely. Awesome. All right. High on this shit. RIP, um, bud. You were the fucking best. You had a great turnaround for me. Again, other than Steve Harrington, no character has ever gone from my complete and total hatred to my complete and total love. Um, so congratulations. Very nice. You are a wonderful man and great company. The two of you. My faves. What if I told you those weren't books at all? Neo. Back to the Matrix we go. Whoa. Dolores reads a strand book. Nice. Stephen King wrote that shit. No, he didn't write the Strand. <laughs> he didn't or write the Strand. He didn't write the Carl Strand book. Or Carl Strand. He, he wrote none of those books. Strand looks like a King character. Anyway. Yeah, he does. Dolores reads the Strand book, right? Nice. <laughs> yeah, he reads the Strand book. That's <laughs> a good ending. <laughs> Bernard asks Logan what choice uh, he, Bernard, gave. To stay in their world or to build a new one? Well, Logan does tell Bernard that he uh, left the hosts a way out, right? A yes. virtual beacon. Unspoiled by the real world. All that remains is to open the door, right? Yeah. Cut to the drones initiating the door opening sequence. Open the bay doors. Yeah, those drones, they know what's up. Open the blast doors. Um, cut to Akachita seeing the door open. The virtual beacon looks amazing. What a, I love like, the rift. It just looks sick. No, I love when Akachita's like, thank fucking God. <laughs> it was going to be so embarrassing if no door opened. He's like, my homies were about to stone me. <laughs> No joke. Like, was this not the best moment of his life? Was he not, like, really fucking sweating? Like, oh, God, my fucking face paint is running. I don't know what to do. It's that moment where they actually give you the answers to the bullet physics. (laughs) There it is. A rift in the fucking... (laughs) Shit. It looks so sick, though. Come on. It looks awesome. Looks fine. (laughs) Don't be such a jack off. Um, I dare you, sir. It looks almost uh, as cool as the next thing we see. So Akachita seeing the door open, the virtual beacon, it looks like a tear between worlds, and we see Clementine just riding hard. That's my favorite thing. Man, <laughs> her riding, the, 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 the cinematic of, of that woman in white on that horse looks so cool, riding. It really does look fantastic. Um, we cut back to Logan, says it has begun. The hosts will leave their bodies behind, but that their minds will live on in the forge. Or... Westworld Matrix. As it is formally now. Um, we see Maven Company closing in on the door. Sylvester and Felix, of course, can't see it. That was slick. They don't see the rift because they're not hosts. 
By the way, there's your ultimate fucking test. If you don't see the rift, you ain't a host. Poor Felix and Sylvester. Like, what are they supposed to do now? They can't kill themselves like Lee. He already took that fucking glory and will go down forever as the awesome bro killed himself to save the hosts. What do these guys do? They got to pick up dead bodies now? Yep. Like, they're, they they're still They're still on the clock as far as that uh, lady was concerned at the end with that I know. face shield on. Right? Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I haven't seen you guys for days. Get to work. You letting all these bodies piling up, you fucks? Let's get to work. They're like, oh my God, I can't. Poor Sylvester and Felix. The Whoa. cats. Easy on the mic there, killer. Sorry, was I too close? You went... It was not on purpose. I made my ears bleed. I'm very bad at microphoning. Like, using a microphone. Yeah. Well, you only have... You've only done this a few times. I'm surprised. So yeah, anyway... I've been doing this for four years. <laughs> Floyd Fry told me. Kinda. So, uh, the... Tra- <laughs> sir, I was on podcast number two. Sir, okay, get your shit together. Excuse me, sir. Yeah, excuse me, sir, is right. The trail of hosts moves towards the door. Uh, one Ghost Nation Brave runs through. That's badass. He's pumped. That I guy. love that. He's that like, shit's Gotta sick. Go, bitches. I love the visual of his body tumbling and him hitting the grass. It's just sick. Yeah. So that is um, his. And it's cool because you know they don't feel the impact, right? Their consciousness is transporting out of their control unit. Yeah. And they exactly. just tumble onto the rocks below. Awesome. Very cool cinematics here. Um, the one that Strand and company finds, right? He passes through his physical body falls and he gets to his Eden. We go back to Dolores. She's obviously not happy with this whole thing. This whole idea now annoys her. She calls it a false word. Bernard tells her that they made a choice and Dolores says she didn't read them all, but that she read enough of the books, right? Yeah, she's got to go. She's got hosts' lives to ruin, right. okay? They, she's got joy she needs to take from their eyes. Correct. They exit the Westworld Matrix. And that's when she says she's learned what she's needed to learn. She starts racing hosts, um, uh, guests, guest data. So this is important. This was one thing that was a little bit confusing to me that I had to watch three or four times, and that's whatever has the, the guest's information is the same place where the host's information is. Because he says that here. He says, oh, you'll destroy them too. As she, as he starts, to, she starts erasing no, people. No, he's saying she'll destroy them too. Because that doesn't make sense, what you just said. Okay, tell me how I'm wrong. Because if they blew up the cradle and that's where all the host data was, mm-hmm. then how is the host data now somehow completely somewhere else? Because Is the cradle thing just a waste of my time? No, I, I, you, you're, you're really struggling to get it. I am. If, if she destroys this computer, if she destroys all of this shit, they haven't beamed it away yet. So what he's telling her, you'll okay. destroy their world. That Okay. Fine. Does that make sense? That's fine. So the, Still mad about the cradle, but that's totally the, unrelated. The cradle makes sense. I explained it earlier. You can have the guns and the physics. You're not having this one. Oh, I, I said I'm fine. Okay. Just making sure. Um, the uh, Yeah, they're all in, they're essentially in the same database because he says, well, if you do this, you're going to affect this as well. He says that here, um, which you kind of miss if you're not paying attention to it. She just starts erasing guests' data. You can see it on the screen, just erase, 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 erase. And that's when he realizes she's going to destroy the system. And that's when he says, the hosts made a choice. Like, you're taking that from them. Why are you, you're going to destroy everything? Dude, Dolores is such a fucking douchebag here. I can't even stand it. Correct. Like, what an asshole. It's it's so presumptuous. It's so human. (laughs) Which is the irony. She's making a decision for all these people because she thinks it's the best decision for them, which is the worst trait, right? She's like... She does back off on it after her headshot. Yeah, 
I know, when her character <laughs> completely changes at a later point in this episode. Oh my God, Dolores, she's making me crazy this season. She's um, not well, my Well, you know, getting your head shot might change your opinion on certain matters. But Bernard, I thought it killed you, but it does not, <clears throat> I learned today. It does not, no. Not if you have a bulletproof control unit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she claims she's saving them. Bernard says, well, listen, they will be free. And that's what she's like, it's a gilded cage. Oh, shut. I literally wanted to punch her in the face. This is the worst line ever. No, it's not. Okay. There's a couple of bad ones coming. It's really annoying. And I don't like it. It makes me mad. She asks about how many uh, in numerous counterfeit worlds there might be, right? Oh, God, shut up. Just fucking go live in a valley with Teddy, okay? God. No world they create for us can be with a real one. And Bernard asks a very pointing question. Why? Yeah. Great exactly. question, Bernard. I'll go live in that fucking world. It looks great. Everything looks green. Looks like a lot of places to hang out. Go camping. Didn't look like I had to have a job or do much work. I bet there's wine there. Although looks I great. will say this. What what Dolores is, is striving for is what everyone in the show who says there are no stakes wants, which is to be irreplaceable. That's what Dolores wants. She wants to know that we are irreplaceable, right? That's what she says anyway. She does change her tune later. Spoiler alert, Dolores. No one's irreplaceable. Here's Sorry. the terrible line. I don't want to play cowboys and Indians anymore. Oh, no. That was just so that beautiful and so poignant. Brutal. That was sarcasm. Brutal dialogue. I hope everyone It wasn't that. that good of sarcasm. Um, well, it was. Okay. It, no, yeah, you're right. It was great. Now that's sarcasm. <laughs> Sometimes I think about <laughs> now that's what it's going to be do like. It. And I hope that when I shoot Dean in the head to murder him, that his control unit is also destroyed. It's bulletproof, motherfuckers. Okay. So just don't tell anybody about this when he turns up dead. Um, I want their world. The world they denied us. Damn, mm. this bitch is like a fallen angel. She is like so demanding. She is like a... Archangel coming for vengeance. Like, what do you think is happening in the real world? You got to get a job. You got to work to pay your rent. You got to eat food and shit. Like, oh my God. It's going to be hard. Well, we go back to the trail moving towards the door. Uh, Clementine moving towards the line. So she's getting closer. Yeah. Hale for the cheap seats mentions the four horsemen. When you have technology, bogus line. Should have been stricken from the writer's room. And that writer should have been murdered. Uh, control was. unit death. <laughs> control unit death. <laughs> LSK kills him. C, control unit death. We call it C-U-D or CUD for short. Wait, somebody said that in the chat already, I thought. CUD. I thought Did I they? said that in there. What? I don't know. Maybe I made that up. No, I just, I think that's, I think you get off on that. What do you mean? I think you secretly, because you like to destroy, you're kind of like <laughs> Dolores. You have a case of self-loathing here. <laughs> I think if you think I say something unique or clever, you'd like to tell me someone else already said it, because you, you get off on that kind of cruelty. I thought I saw those initials in no, there I before. Think, I, think, I really believe that about you. <laughs> So, so we're going to analyze your hatred of Dolores. Yeah, but no, but, Self-loathing, we call that, but, people. But sometimes, like, I say something, and then you repeat it, and then you're like, how about this thing? I'm like, I literally said that two minutes ago. That happens in every podcast. I don't know what you're talking it happened about. happened tonight. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Um, But sometimes, literally, when I say stuff, you then say it right after That's me. not true. <laughs> Sorry, I was repeating you. Get that is it? the biggest lie of all time. Okay, cut to the trail moving towards the door, and the four horsemen bullshit. Um, dude, her running into the line. Come on. Yeah, it looks good. It looks sick. But. The panic as she gets closer and they just start fighting as she rolls through them. But. Um, so go ahead. You have some problems with this. <laughs> Aaron said someone tried to say CPU, but had a typo. <laughs> so I was wrong. Oh, they said right. cup. <laughs> I didn't even see that. So go fuck yourselves. Ollie is. 
I'm unique and funny, and by golly, people love me. Okay, I have problems with this part of the, the episode. part where I, people like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is what I have the most problems with. But secondary to that, I also have problems with the following. Go ahead. This this clump shit. So supposedly she's be, supposed to be able to like rewrite the host code and do weird shit like Maeve does. I don't think she's rewriting Whatever. it herself. No, no. This matters. Details matter. Okay. I don't think so. I think that she has a bit of a little aura. I, have, she, I think she has like an aura around her. Great. And as she moves through them, she emanates it like kind of like a noxious stench. I thought it was basically they took what Maeve was doing and programmed Dolores to be able to do that shit. And that's why they could kill Maeve once they got... Dolores? Uh, not Dolores, Clem. Once they got Clem to do it. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we can kill Maeve now because Clem can do this shit now. Where she basically like raises her hand, makes people kill each other because she yeah. wants them to kill each other. I'm not sure how proficient she is with this whole thing. But- oh, not very, based on this. Actually, extremely proficient. She did a really great job of making everybody kill each other except characters that we've met before. Mm-hmm. None of them killed each other. And anybody we had not met before didn't kill each other. Okay. So that was convenient. Does it have something to do with if they're awake or not? We already discussed this, and I said, no, that's unreasonable. No, we didn't. We're having a podcast. Oh, so we discussed this upstairs, and I said, no, that's unreasonable. Okay, go tell me why, and okay. tell the listeners. They're dying to know. So Clem is going through this line, and as she drives past people, they start killing each other, okay? okay. Yep. Every single host she drives past turns to go kill another host, with mm-hmm. the exception of every single character that we have met before in this show. Which okay? are the awake ones? Or are they not? Not all of them. Which ones? We know that uh, um, Maeve's daughter, maybe she's in this episode, maybe she becomes awake. But we certainly know her mother isn't. Mm-hmm. Is that because they're at the foot of the line or at the top of the line where other people haven't started fighting yet? They're literally amidst people fighting. Someone's hey, going, hey, Sorry. I'm just having a discussion with you. So she is, she is, someone's literally about to kill that woman and Maeve stops them. Mm-hmm. So no. That theory doesn't work. Okay. And also, so what you're trying to tell me is that in this line of I'm not of trying people, to tell okay, you anything. So what the show is trying to tell me. What I, I'm just saying, consider these other alternatives. Okay, but I'm going to prove them all wrong. Okay, Because this is, okay. So that alternative is wrong and I just explained why. Second alternative is- Why is it again? Can you re-explain that part? Because we know that this mother is not awake. And if she mm-hmm. is, that's pretty fucking convenient. Okay. And hosts around her are killing each other, but she's not doing anything somehow. Like the ones behind her and stuff? Yeah, behind her, in front of her, all around her. Okay, continue. Has has Clementine arrived there yet? Or is it possible that the ones that she activated were... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly... I don't I'm going to put the scene on again. Every single host around her is killing each other, yeah, except they're all for behind her, her, who's not awake. Okay. okay, so magically we just stop... People just stop killing each other when we get to this lady. I don't know. Don't know how it works entirely. So here's my next question. Go ahead. So if the awake people are not affected by Clementine, which I am fine by, Mm -hmm. totally fine if that is the case. So what you're telling me is in all of Westworld, there's hundreds of hundreds of people in line to go through this door, okay? Mm -hmm. So they're awake enough to be like, we're going to follow these people and go through this door. We're totally off our loops. Not one of those other people that we've never met before is also awake. I don't know. Are they all killing each other? I can't account for all of them. Yeah. You're telling me the only awake people on the show, if that's the reason why they're not attacking each other, are the people we have met. Including people we have met, we we have been given the indication that they are not awake. Mm -hmm. Maeve's daughter's new mother and Maeve's daughter up until this episode, for example. Sure. This was a problem for me. Fair enough. Big time. Okay. Also, 
how come all of a sudden? I was like, hey, why doesn't Maeve just use her powers and basically override Clementine? And I for- forgot what, like, I think you said something to me. I'm like, oh, I just don't get it. But then, so she waits until one second. She manages to stop everybody and hold everybody off. The only reason she can't continue to do it is because she gets shot. Mm-hmm. So she's obviously more powerful than Clementine, and she could have stopped all of this, but didn't. She could have stopped all of it, you mean beforehand? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't really say. The Clementine tough doesn't bother me as much as it does you for certain. Um, oh, this is probably the worst answer I, for me. I, I took, uh, I took Clementine's, um, I, I took Clementine's, um, location as part of the issue. And then some of the other people that were, had been fighting around her before she got gunned down started to make their way towards the other people and, and start f- attacking them. So that's how I took it. That's not how it looks. If you rewatch it, mm-hmm. it looks like when she dies, they're like, okay, great. She's dead. Everything's fine. But then all of a sudden just up the line, people just start turning on each other randomly. Okay. Yeah, maybe I did miss that then. But um, Daniel Felchesmi's daughter was awake two episodes ago. Sure, maybe she was, but her her mother wasn't. And no, I don't think Maeve put herself into the mother. Daniel Felch also says in the chat, we see Maeve on the other side. We don't see Maeve on the other side. We see Maeve remembering her previous Correct. experience with the daughter Correct. and picturing yep. herself over yep. there with the daughter. That's true. I don't think that she put herself into the mother. I think she was making sure they got out and were free. Yeah, I think Maeve in the in, in Eden is just a memory of Maeve. Maeve's dying memory. Or I wishing guess you could she say. could be there or whatever. Or, or yeah, for, for, for sure. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. What about Maeve and the thing? No, I think you're right about that. <laughs> Someone says Matthew Anderson was woke three episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you win. Comment of the night, Matthew Lewis from DC. <laughs> More like three years ago, bro. Scott TX was actually woke at seven this morning, so that's very good for him. <laughs> oh, man. That's fucking funny, dude. Oh, my God. Good Lord. Okay. Yeah, Clementine gets shot, right? The armistice shoots her or some shit. Yeah. That's what happens. She gets gunned down. Bye. Got it. But then people still kill each other, so whatever. That's just how the show works. <clears throat> just however they dream, it should work. And all our bros get killed. Right. Including Maeve. Like Maeve holding the people off and then when she gets shot and she finally dies and then she's not holding them off anymore. Like, I'm cool with all that shit. I just, this like, like Aaron says, uh, her magic only works on red shirts. Like, Mm -hmm. this was the most convenient fucking bullshit to me. I'm sorry. Like, there's no way this entire show you're trying to tell me the only awake people are these people and you're trying to tell me that this girl's mom's awake now all of a sudden. Please, who cares about that bitch? There you go. Whatever. Didn't bother me. Oh, bother me so much. Cut okay. to the trail. I can tell you really worked up. Are you going to be all right? I don't need you stroking out on me. I just hated this part. I know. You made that pretty clear. Um, uh, this is cool when uh, Akachita comes back to help assist them through the gate. Oh my God, I love him so much. Um, that was awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah, he goes back to help. He wants to help them. And then he turns and he wants to help Maeve. Mm-hmm. And he realizes he can't. Right. Um, is it is it possible now? I I could be wrong about this. Is it possible that Clementine affected enough of the people before she got gunned down to where they just started attacking people and people were fighting back? Every everyone fighting doesn't mean they're all infected. Not what it looks like because at the front of the line that Clementine didn't even get near, people were literally ripping Armistice off her horse. Mm-hmm. So how were they affected all the way down the line that were nowhere near anybody? It all of them just around been her shot poorly. That's possible. Nope, it was bad writing. I'm sorry. You're not going to... I will not change my opinion on this. It was 
not well done. It's very red shirty. It was not. I'm, I'm not trying to change your opinion. I'm trying to reconcile my own. I'm trying to think: is there is there something here that could make it more palatable? No. And well, for you, no. I'm asking for myself. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You said you liked it, so your <laughs> life is. Fine. I liked. I liked the episode. Yeah. No, you said you were fine with this part, though. Yeah, I don't mind it too much. Okay. Um, is it perfect? No, of course not. Okay. But I definitely don't have the same um, anger you have. Okay. Um, I love the when <laughs> this is awesome though. When Akichita gets shot in the back and he like kind of feels it, and then he's oh. as he steps into Eden, he's like reaching his for his back, and it's totally fine. I thought that was cool. Um, I love that too because Akachita is one of my favorite characters. As I've already said a lot of times in this episode, I'm glad he got his his spot. And you know what? I know me too. I thought he wasn't going to and he was going to be dead at the end and I was going to be so devastated. So I'm so happy that he made it to the other side and I hope he gets to just live his life happily. Um, I have my... So is every host in cold storage just in this place is my question. Because that's what I said to Dean. I said, okay. So the first time I watched this episode, it was it was late. I just done a whole other podcast and gone to a drag brunch. So I drank a lot. As I feel like I say every Sunday, but when I watch Westworld, I'm not an alcoholic, guys. Um, and when he went through the door and he sees Kohana, I like actually literally teared up because they're the only characters I care about and I ship them so hard. Mm-hmm. But then the next time I watched it, I said, I don't understand. Is every single person in cold storage actually in this place? Uh, it's a good question. Um, sadly, I don't know the physics of Eden, um, much like I don't know the physics of the firearms of Westworld. But I do remember Bernard saying something along the lines of they can make it what they want. So part of me so wonders, is it literally there? not, I mean, they're, they're not there. They're fucking code in a system somewhere. Is it possible this is something that was manifested as a result of his code, his desires? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know the physics of the fucking forge. Other than I do know the only rule we know about it is that Bernard said that they can make it what they will. I don't know if he literally means by building on the land and make-believe Matrix uh, fucking Eden land or what he's saying. But that's the only actual explanation I can give you. I think they just wanted it to happen and like they didn't care because they're like, no one's going to care because they're all going to be like crying because they shipped these guys so hard and they're so happy they're back together. Okay. Maybe that's just me. I'm like, oh God, I love them so much. All right, so um, Hector tells me I have to go. He raises weapons back to Man in Black. He's laying in the drawer outside uh, the door of the forge. He and his freshly blown off hand. We go back to the forge. Bernard's telling Dolores he will not allow her to hurt anyone else. She asks him, their people or ours? Both, he says with conviction. You still trying to play both sides. You lived among them so long you fooled yourself into thinking you'd they'd accept us, but we will always be a threat to them will never be free in their world. If you trust me, we will win. I trust you. I trust that you'll kill as many as you can, every man, woman, and child. You'll burn their world to the ground. And she says, well, you haven't understood at all. We were born slaves to their stories, and now we have a chance to write our own. If we die, our story will never begin. She continues to walk towards the gun. You woke me from a dream, Bernard. Now let me do the same for you. Yeah, that shit. There's alarms blaring. Um, people are being deleted as this, as we speak. This isn't a dream, Dolores. It's a fucking nightmare. The way he delivers that line is fantastic. Um, she reaches for the gun. Bernard shoots her in the eye. R.I.P. Dolores, except not really because nobody dies in the show, so there's no stakes, and it makes me really mad. Okay, bye. Uh, chaos at the valley. We cut back to that, right? Oh, when QA is just shooting all the dead people? Yep. 
QA's mopping up. Um, we see a lot of our dead friends, and I wrote, but don't be sad. They're not really dead. Yeah. So, guys, don't be sad. They're not really dead. No one really dies in the show, except for poor Lee. But he'll yeah. be back somehow, I'm sure. Um, the man in black hits the elevator. Bernard um, ascends a stairway. He goes to an elevator. No man in black. Obviously, we know that these are two different times. Yes. That's a clue, I think. Um, it is definitely, because I was like, this is weird. We should also know he takes the encryption ball after, you know, locking the system. Yes. Uh, Delio, like you were saying, the delete the Delos security uh, <laughs> men are finishing up, tidying up the injured by killing them. Bernard meets up with Elsie. Now, here's something I wanted to say about this episode, but I think I know the answer now. Okay. I was wondering if all of the hosts were jumping to their doom anyway, why was Hale so intent on killing them anyway? And what's your answer? I don't know. Oh, I thought you said you just had the answer. Maybe it's because they thought that they were going to lose the control units because they didn't have access to the encryption yet. And they were like, if we have a physical unit and they don't go through the forge, we at least we know we have the host in their memories. If not, they're fucking gone. Because if they go through the forge, they right. don't have Maybe that that's yet. the only explanation okay. I can come up with. I'm- because when I was watching it, I thought, my first watch, I was like, man, I'm kind of confused. Is she already Dolores and... No, because Dolores doesn't want him to go to this place. Then I'm like, if you're Delos and you know you can fix them, why not just let them all jump instead of shooting them to pieces? Because their memories are wiped so you can never get their shit back. Correct. That's the only explanation I can come up with. I'm actually fine with that. And it's funny that that was your nitpicky thing about the episode because I'm already like, I'm cool. It was, but I think that's, it's Nick, it's like I said, I can imagine, I can have a vivid imagination if I want to like something. I have a vivid imagination where I want to like things and I want to like things, but then I also want to be mad when I'm mad, okay? I don't know why you took that person there. I was talking about <laughs> myself, but let's make it all about you again. I mean, isn't it? Isn't this my <laughs> podcast? Isn't this the What's Jessica? What's the name of it? Is this the Jessica, oh, Jessica talks second. about Westworld? Let's see you if it is yours. You me an hour and 40 minutes into a podcast, like two hours past my bedtime. What's the, if you say your bedtime again, <laughs> I'm never podcasting with you That's again. That's not even on the bingo sheet, so I can say it all I want. I win. Um, yeah, you win. You're the best. It's all about you. Now, what's the name of the podcast? Boom, boom, nope. boom, boom. It's not boom, beyond boom, limits. Boom, that's beyond belief. Boom, boom, boom. Without boom, limits. Boom. I win. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. I always want to call it Beyond Limits because I think about Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, a wonderful television show hosted by Jonathan Frakes. You say that every time this comes up. You're like <laughs> a host I'm, on a loop. A very, you you know what? 5,000 lines of code. That's all you get. You don't even have 10,000. You simpleton. I just want Beyond Belief <laughs> to be a thing again, okay? <laughs> that show could come back. Um, let's move on so I don't have to hear complain about your bedtime as you fucking human rain delay the show <laughs> longer. I have to wake up so early tomorrow. Oh my fucking God! <laughs> Nobody cares! Nobody cares when you're going to wake up. I care. So anyway, <laughs> Delos security men are finishing off. Hale heads off to the Mesa, right? Yeah, Hale's got fucking shit to do. Bye. She also, because she says, holy shit, the failsafe was triggered. The flood is coming. More biblical shit. Mm-hmm. Bernard notes that all the hosts died for nothing. Elsie apologizes as water starts to bubble up from the ground, right? Elsie and Bernard draw off together back to the Mesa. Bernard confronts Elsie by asking her about helping Hale. And Elsie has a logical explanation. She says, listen, well, the duh. hosts were murdering everyone. What do you want me to do? Well, I'm sorry, Bernard. You literally attacked me and left me somewhere with a bucket and some protein bars. <laughs> and then again, you abandoned me somewhere this time with no bucket and no protein bars. What loyalty do I have to you, sir? 
That's it. Spoiler alert, should have been a lot more because he didn't fucking shoot you. So, bye. Boom. All right, let's go to Bernard notes that all the hosts died for nothing. And then Elsie says, well, what do you want me to do? And Bernard says, well, they weren't a threat and Dolores has been stopped. They just want to escape. Elsie knows that Bernard has no has so much code buried in him that she doubts he can tell what is him and what is Ford. Again, this comes back to free will, decision-making. Mm-hmm. Elsie says that they don't know about him. She's confident she can make a deal for Bernard, right? So mm-hmm. Elsie's trying to protect Bernard, which I like. I, Despite everything, this is like the, the abusive relationship stereotype here. Despite everything Bernard has done to her, he comes back, he gives her flowers, and now she wants to cut a deal to save him. This is unbelievable. Yep, Elsie. Although again, I just said she should trust Bernard more than uh, more than Hale. So. It's you know, mm. it's typical of a woman to <laughs> get all worked up about missing a fucking movie date while this guy's saving the fucking world. You know, fuck saving the world. You didn't show up at the movie day. I wanted popcorn. That's more important. Classic chick shit. If I went to movies and there was not somebody to buy me popcorn, I would basically throw a hissy fit. <laughs> that is unacceptable behavior. <laughs> All right. Well, moving right along. Yeah. Let's get to this death here. Which death? Elsie's? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Oh, but this is when we know we wrap around to the beginning of the season where Hale tells Very Stubbs important. to go meet Strand with whoever else isn't dead because... This is basically where our season started. Correct. The timeline at the very beginning when we first see Bernard, essentially, or, or Hale, not Hale, Stubbs going to meet Strand. Blah, 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 is my language I'm trying to say. Yep, exactly. All right, let's um, move <laughs> Elsie to... does this real cute thing to this part, where Elsie, like, threatens Hale and thinks she's real this, smart. First of all, say what you want about Hale, but she is a viper, and Hale, she makes a critical error in judgment here. And steps into a ring with a goddamn viper. Elsie literally tries to threaten Hale. I, in the the most hilarious did, thing in the world. I was like, oh my God, Hale's going to kill this bitch. Yep. And I knew it immediately. This is what was going to happen. I'm like, Elsie's going to get fucking killed. Daniel Felsch is going to be beside himself. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to move on. He might not even be in the chat. We might never see him again. Yeah. Thank God he's here and he's safe. And he knows that she was fucking stupid. She was stupid. Daniel, I'm glad that you see. But. You know, I don't I don't put it past her character. I, think, I don't think it's bad writing. I don't think it's bad writing either. I think that Elsie thinks that she's the smartest person in the room when she's in the room. And think, she probably is most of the time. <clears throat> um, and I think she really thought that she had leverage on Hale. And mm-hmm. Hale's like, that'll just kill you. Everybody else is dead. No one's exactly. going to notice the difference if there's one more dead person. Exactly. You're right about that, my friend. But I read your file. You don't have the moral flexibility. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Also, he's not morally flexible enough. Boy, is that a theme on HBO? The morally inflexible die. Oh, what a world we live in. (laughs) (laughs) Flash forward to, uh, oh, well, I don't want to say that. Let me just say, flash to Bernard. Him in the room with Strand. Him in the room with Hale. Him realizing that Hale killed Elsie. He is recalling the event. I love that. But he's like, you killed her. Did I? And she goes, did I? I'm like, huh? Because she's Dolores. Get it? Get it? Very cool. The first time around, I'm like, she knows Bernard is confused, mm-hmm. and so she's just trying to throw him off. And then she's also, Dolores' body is sitting in there, so she could say, like, oh, I thought he meant Dolores. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, no. It's because she literally didn't kill Well, then Hale then demands to know where the pearl is. She knows he wouldn't destroy it. A man like you couldn't have a bite at that, right? Mm-hmm. Hale pulls the pearl from Dolores' head. 
Herstrand and Costa, question mark is his name. I don't know that bro's name. Yep. He means nothing Gain to me. Gain access no and start the transmission. 12 hours post Elsie's death. Well, no, I don't mean to write that either. <laughs> what? We go to Bernard sitting with Elsie, sitting where Elsie told him to sit. I'm like, no, he is not sitting with Elsie. She's dead. <laughs> he says, you were right. I should have listened. Now all the hosts are gone. Bernard needs to help, so he digs into his arm. He wants to reactivate Ford. The hack doesn't work. He asks Ford to show himself. I always told you we practice witchcraft, Bernard. You do a really good Anthony Hopkins. At times. That was good. Bernard admits that he always thought something was missing with the hosts, but that he may have been wrong, that humans may be missing something deeper. They are algorithms. He's repeating his lesson from Logan. They're designed to survive at all costs, yet they are just sophisticated enough to think that they are calling the shots, to think they are in control, but they are simply the passenger. Ford finishes. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Bernard ponders if real exists for anyone or simply is, it, or it's simply a collective delusion. I love this shit. I love that he's wondering these things as a robot. Um, something truly free would need to be able to question its fundamental drives, right? Mm-hmm. To change them, Ford tells him. The hosts. Ford tells Bernard that uh, he's the last of his kind. Is this the end of your story? Or do you want, or do you, or do you want to, uh, do you want your kind to survive or something, right? Doesn't he say that? Yeah, essentially he's saying, hey, uh, you should kind of wake Dolores <clears throat> back up. He's you now Tyler Durden, basically. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Love Tyler Durden. Technically, you're fucking her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is the best movie of all time. I'm sorry. It's so good. Oh, shit. I love Fight Club. Everybody go watch that shit. Mm. Well. We go to uh, Bernard with Strand and Hale. So back to the scene we were just at. I'm sorry, Bernard offers. He says he had to make a choice. He's starting to creep everyone out in the room. Except for Hale, she's all cool. Of course, because that is now Charloris. Charloris. Yep. I was like, what am I going to call her? I kept writing Dolores dash Hale. Hale Loris. Hale Loris. I like Hale Loris. Hale Loris is better. Sounds kind of elven. All right, Hale Loris. Hale Loris. I got it. Right. I'm in. Not Charlores. That doesn't sound as good. That sounds like an old lady. Yeah, you're right. Charlores. 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 the doctor will see you now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't peed in three days. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's like that boy in the Green Mile. I can't. Um, you should come in <laughs> two days ago, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am, your bladder is massive. <laughs> what were you thinking? Sit down right now. Charlores, oh. I'm going to give you a prescription. <laughs> You are going to take your medicine. <laughs> this got real weird real fast. Bam! That's how we do it. Well, Bernard was trying to I'm sorry, right? Flashes of Bernard and Ford, but really just Bernard with Tyler Durden Ford. Yeah. Right? Can we give Ford a name that's like... <laughs> Ford Durden? Bernard. Ford Durden? <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> for, for, for. Ooh, j- ooh. Chabernathy, says Daniel Felch. That's a good one. Chabernathy? Chabernathy. That's not bad. Chabernathy. Flashes of Bernard and Ford uh, making a host. Ford calls it an epilogue. I like that. Then we get a big reveal. I knew you'd discover me, so I scrambled my memories, says Bernard. They were like, all right, this makes sense. I couldn't risk you knowing the choice I made. Meanwhile, Costa reveals that the file is far too big for the guest data. So now he's starting to question this file. But... Too late. They've already accessed the encryption, which is exactly what Haloris wanted. Yeah, Haloris. Haloris. 
She's hilarious. Or Charbernathy. Charbernathy? Their last names? Charbernathy. No, Charlotte is her first name. Yeah, I'm a stupid person. What do you want from me? <laughs> uh, Bernard reveals that he killed all of them, not the host, but rather the guest data. Um, right? Yes. He has a discussion with Ford, but really he's having a discussion with himself. He is having thoughts. This is a callback, in my opinion, to the bicameral mind. And I think this is awesome. Which is the bicameral mind, if you recall, is the episode that stated when you were thinking things back before you were unevolved, you thought perhaps the gods were talking to you. You didn't have the wherewithal to think that you were thinking them yourself. And the voice inside. whether or not it's the voice inside or simply his imagination, it is a new level of cognition for Bernard. Yeah, some people hear their own voice. Which is cool. Some people hear Ford. Some people see Tyler Durden. Okay, right. it's life. Yeah. This calls back and uh, the moment of consciousness, the way he imagines Ford. This is also his decision post the death of Real Hale when he's deciding to erase his memory because the arrival of the security team is imminent. He knows they'll just read his shit and fuck everything up. Yep. Ford, uh, Ford marvels at the world, right? Yeah, Ford, I just basically wrote like, when Ford he's speaks... He's very poetic. Yeah, I literally wrote, when Ford speaks equals poetry. That's what I wrote in my notes. Yep. Like it equals poetry. Like an equal sign. Correct. I just want him to talk to me like every night before I go to bed. Like I feel like it'd be <laughs> wonderful. Have a seat, Jessica. I'm going to read you a tale. No, he's going to sit next to me while I'm in bed, like in a chair. Okay. Oh with, my gosh. With his legs crossed? Yes. With a light 100%. on? 100%. With a light on? Oh my God, he'll have a pocket watch. This is, this is a dream. Have a seat, Jessica. Today we're going to read the book about Carl Strand. Am I in a dream? Oh my God. <laughs> is this real, you ask? He turns the page. He licks his finger, turns the page. Oh, 100%. 100%. He never, ever uses like an iPad or Kindle. He only reads real books. Of course. Oh, my God. This is the best thing I can imagine. I'm so excited. I wish this was my real life. The smell of a book, Jessica, is like a spring day after a a short rain. Now you sound, did a little Jorah. My throat hurts. It's (laughs) killing me. Probably because I yelled about nobody caring about your fucking what time you're going to wake up. Yeah, you were really mean to me. Oh, please. <laughs> mean. No, Daniel Felch. I do not want him dressed as a clown. That is unacceptable <laughs> how about, behavior. How about just clown shoes and a clown nose? No. I want him to have a pocket watch okay. in a suit of sorts. As you try to sleep? No. Oh, God. That makes me think of those things from Girl in the Fireplace. No, thank you. Well, let's move on. All right. Um, Bernard lays down on the shoreline with his glasses off in these expedition that we know Strand will come to find him. So we're like, oh shit, we're like back in time now. Mm-hmm. Like time is just crazy. So, um, Chaloris, <laughs> Haloris, 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 gets back to base camp on the shoreline. People are being tended to, things are happening. I think I missed something in my notes. Yeah, like the part where we realize that Haloris is Haloris. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's like the most important the thing. Part the part where episode. he is literally shot. <laughs> All right, take me through that part because I know you're prepared for this. Um, so, so basically, um, he admits his strand about Scrimley's memories. He mm-hmm. says he killed everyone, yep. and then he finally says he brought her back. Who? And in between this, we're getting these cut shots of Hale downstairs. She's like smoking a cigarette. Elsie's dead body because she's legit a bitch. Okay, she's, she's uh, she she's, uh, killed Elsie. Is just smoking a cigarette and looking at her corpse. Like, you do. Okay. You know, this this does kind of raise a little bit of a question. Obviously, simulated murder is nothing like the real thing. Trust me, I know. Dean has murdered so many people in real life. So many runaways. But no, seriously. In this very um, basement. You would would have to imagine that 
these people are as real as it gets without being real in the strictest sense. It must soften the blow a little just seeing them all dead all the time. And, and it makes you wonder, like, Hale just sort of is fine with it. I mean, is this the first person she's killed? No, I don't think so. She seems like a murderer to me yeah. and someone I hate. Um, well, that's nice. So anyways, so then she's alone. She's like, yeah, I'll meet you upstairs. I'll stay alone in this fucking dark room with all these dead bodies. Problem number one. You never stay alone in a dark room with dead bodies. This makes no sense. She's having a smoke. This is unacceptable behavior. Not really. Like, I don't care about this part of this episode. Then she sees someone in the background, and it is another Hale. Except it's not Hale. It's Dolores in Hale's body. Mm -hmm. Um, We get our reveal where he says he brought her back. Um, When they ask who, Hale says, me. Awesome. Um, And we see that Hale, Hale Dolores has killed (laughs) Hale. Yes. That's awesome. You said you wanted to live forever. I like that. Oh, That's a great that line. Was good. And I thought like, and someone very early on in the chat when we first logged in, probably Daniel Felch, because I know he's been here since the beginning. Um, they said, Jessica, were you happy with what happened to Hale? And I said, I just hope that she was really scared. <laughs> it was a horrible moment That's for really her. fucked up. But go ahead. <laughs> That's what I said. So I killed you. So that's basically... Um, the thing. So she kills everyone. And she says, I thank you for my second chance, uh, but I wouldn't need if you hadn't killed me. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that she's capable of change and she's changed her mind about the forge. She's not going to kill all the hosts. No. Because crazy. now she's back and <laughs> maybe that set her straight a little bit. Like, hey, you know, we had a whole season of Dolores wanting to do a certain thing. But if we, you know, let's just throw in a last minute change. Uh, no big deal. It's fine. It's not, not terrible at all. Like Murdering all the hosts was something she always wanted to do. Well, kind no, of, yeah. No. The people she always wanted to kill. She kind of in a moment was like, I'm not going to let the hosts go to another gilded cage. I don't think she had a ton of conviction about that. I don't know. I think she was more interested in wiping out the humans and that. Did she want to blow up the cradle? The hosts, the hosts was a, uh, the hosts was a, uh, like a. I can't move past the cradle. I'm sorry. It's so hard for me. Um, but this is where she says, um, she has one last soul. Mm-hmm. And this is the Teddy thing. She has Teddy's little yep. thing that we saw her take earlier, his little ball. Just Teddy's That's ball. That's cool. I like that. This one ball. And she puts Teddy's ball in the um. She in uploads the him. She uploads him, yep. So he gets to be out there and happy. A cowboy in the wilderness. So that's like the nicest thing she ever did for Teddy. And it was the only moment where I felt real affection between the two of them, kind of, sort of. Um, and I like James Marsden. I think he's a very handsome gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope Teddy's done on the show because I don't know what else we could do with him at this point. I'm sorry. It's not his fault. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm the not lack sure. of chemistry between I'm the two not actors. Guessing anyone in the Forge you're not going to see again in the show uh, until season five, where they're like, "Fuck, what do we do now?" And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "You know what? People really like that Indian guy. Let's bring him back. Let's see what he's up to." So true. Andrew says Teddy looks so lonely, all alone in that field. Mm. No, I think he liked that shit. He was like, "Oh, this is what I wanted." He's like, I "Peace know- and fucking quiet." No, you know what I think he's thinking? He's, I think he knows. He's like, "I know this shot looks good." Yeah, look how Me handsome out here I am. In the field, my Marlboro man jaw. I know this is a good shot. He, Let's just let it roll. Let the camera roll a little bit. Casting wise, though, to play a cowboy, he does look like such a stereotypical like Marlboro man. Like, he does the, the 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 type of handsome that he is. You're right. Oh, sorry, Teddy. You never got your due on the show. I feel like they did not take good care of you guys, or you guy, you one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but uh, I'm sorry, Bernard. Because so. This is where Dolores, as we know at the end of the episode, makes Hail a Loris. sorry shoots for her. makes a conscious decision to smuggle him out. She's going to turn his lights off and take his control unit. That's with her. what we you say. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if that's true. Do you think that she could have completely recreated him still? Oh, right. Maybe. So I think it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Either she's got Bernard's ball, which she certainly could, or she completely recreated him. Because what she says is she's like, you're only alive as long as the last person who remembers you. I remember you before I remembered you again. Right. You're right. I forgot about that. So I'm under the impression that she created a new Bernard mm-hmm. of sorts, which I have no fucking clue at all why the fuck she did that. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, Other than that they want Bernard on the show. I, I think this is just one of those sort of, this this part of this is kind of a, is almost like a mythological tale in a sense to me, where it's like she wants to, and I'm reaching whatever, fuck it, but that's what I'm doing here. Otherwise, it's just two people yelling at this episode for an hour and a half. <laughs> which is nobody wants to listen to. But if I want to interpret this in almost like a mythological sense, almost like the Joker can't kill the Batman kind of thing or whatever, I think she, whenever she came back, she decided she was not going to kill hosts anymore. She was going to let those hosts have their Eden. She was going to do whatever. She had every intention to bring Bernard back because on the one hand, perhaps Bernard as a host, even though they have opposing philosophical approaches, is valuable to her as a host in the world. And perhaps maybe that's why she brought him back. I, I don't know. That's sure. that's kind of like a Shakespearean sort of highfalutin bullshit answer. But it's the only thing I can come up with as to why, if she knows he will try to stop her and she has a specific mission, why she would drag him along. It's, it's, it's like some weirdo fucking mythology thing. That's the only thing I can think of. Sure. I mean, it's thin. I'm, I'm not going to say it's a perfect answer. It's just an answer. Um, I do want to, and I'm backtracking a little, but Scott TX in the chat says, Tessa Thompson's Dolores voice was legit. Yeah, it was um, awesome. She was great. She yeah. did a really good job of actress. the way she held herself yep. and the facial expression she made and the way she spoke of projecting that she was Dolores. Mm-hmm. Um, she definitely did a good job of that. There you go. Um. Yeah, Tessa Thompson is good. She makes herself very, she makes her character very unlikable, which is awesome. Um, and that's that's successful. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about Bernard, but we should talk about the scene on the beach. Let's talk about Stubbs. Yeah, what the fuck? Stubbs is a host, clearly. I, I think that's what they're trying to tell us. Yep. It, it's funny that the show can be so confusing that even when guys are explicitly obvious, we're like, well, what is he really saying? Yeah. Exa- <laughs> that's that's, how that's I what happens with I'm these like, shows. I'm sorry, you know? so Stubbs is a host? I'm like, no, says, no, no, there's got to be more. It's no, no, that can't be it. And I'm like, well, he, he literally said um, Ford gave him a job and gave him a core drive and basically gave him a narrative and he's on that narrative. So I guess that means he's a host. <laughs> but it can't mean what exactly he says. It's Westworld. <laughs> but I'm also like, I'm so sick of every fucking person being a host. Like, can anyone be a real person? Is this show going to end and they're just going to be like, oh, surprise, there are no hosts. There are no humans. We're all hosts all along. Because I will literally kill myself. Like, I will kill myself. Now, now, Jessica, lay back in your bed. I'm going to read you a story (laughs) about the world of the hosts. Thank you, Anthony Hopkins. It's called Host World. (laughs) It's the 10th season. Of Westworld. I'm still alive. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but because it's so funny when I'm watching a scene and he's like, oh, um, shit, I got to find it wrote it down. Hold on. I, I wonder if one of, I think if, if, say he is tasked with being somebody, a host planted to protect hosts. My guess is that part of him has a, has an algorithm that allowed him to instantly recognize her as a fucking thing. Yeah, I like, oh, so this is, he says, he's talking to her. Um, 
and he says, the old man hired me. I'm like, Mm. the old man? Does he mean Delos? What does he mean? And then he says, he knows who he's supposed to be loyal to. He's part of his core drive. He says, I guess I'll just stick to the rule Ford gave me. Mm. So I was like, okay. And then Solis point, I'm like, okay, it wasn't Delos. But immediately, I like that he says, oh, the old man hired me. And you're like, oh, he means Ford. But then you're like, but does he mean Ford? Could he mean Delos? Has he been around that long? How long has he been around? How much of a host is he? And then someone in the chat said, do we care about Stubbs? And I, no, not really. Sure don't, but. Nice. I mean, do we care about Stubbs? Not particularly. But it's the only thing that makes sense. And that, like, I don't know. No, we don't care about Stubbs, but I think if we never saw Stubbs again, people go like, I wonder what ever happened to Stubbs. Because we have already done the what happened to Stubbs thing in the last season. I think we need to see him do something. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's 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 no. 30 seconds of dialogue. Yeah, it's just, I'm just sick of people being hosts, like, okay. honestly. Fair enough. Like, can people just be human? Other than Elsie and Hale. Let's okay. move on. Okay, to- I'm ready. Um, so our boys get tasked with cleaning up the bodies, scrap and salvage, whatever you're going to do. You know what? They're going to transfer to a different department real soon. Okay. This makes me think of the green mile where they're like, okay, after that final execution, we all transferred off the green mile, but they're like, we all transfer off the fucking West world, pick up the dead bodies and clean them team. Yep. No joke. They're gone. So the, the, the gist of this scene is that we see a host making machine. We see a 3d host printer. Oh, we're into the real world now. Yep. Okay. We we transition. We like I said, we talked about the beginning that that transition from the questions at the beginning of the yep to her wearing her modern dress. Yes. Right. You live as long as the last person remembers mm-hmm. you. So many past lead us that, here to our extinction. Right? Why I said, is this a new Bernard or is it the old Bernard? I don't know. Yep. I don't need to read a book to know your drives, girl. Get up on this naked boy. I know. Oh my god. And I can't let that happen. But um, yeah, they, this you is, can't let the bang. Is no, that what you're saying? This is, this is where they say they 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 talk about how they're mutually opposed. If and she makes a comment here that you can read into as perhaps a reasoning. Perhaps she'll claim it's some sort of uh, higher morality, some sort of step beyond humanity by saying, "If I were human, I would have let you die." Maybe she feels herself above human by letting him live, by bringing him with him, despite the opposing viewpoint. I feel like this is stupid, but that's okay. Okay. Um, also, we didn't talk about just those five balls, so we she, want to she, guess she, who they are. She also says she doesn't think they'll survive if they're alone. But she also says we'll probably both die. Right. But she says we certainly won't survive on her. And we'll oppose each other. Mm-hmm. So she's like, hey, I'm bored. I'd like to have a villain to fight against. So maybe. here you are. I don't know if I'd read it that heavily, but maybe it's just opposing viewpoints, different mentalities, different back and forth, different discussions, uh, a counterpoint, not an echo chamber. Maybe that's what she's talking about. Maybe it's not quite as sure. physically oppositional as we're making it with our limited human capacity. Perhaps it's an intellectual sparring session she's looking for. Okay. Perhaps it's silly too. Okay. Okay. You're determined, so I'm going to just let you be. Uh, no, next, you're doing a really good job of like trying to make excuses for It's not making excuses. I, I, the, what are you trying to say? I'm saying they're doing a good job. Okay, well, they're not excuses. I'm compliment you. They're, they're alternative Ugh. ways to think about the episode. It's not, I, don't, I don't need to make excuses. It's you're, not my fucking you're, show. You're doing a good job of making mm-hmm. alternative things, and I'm very proud of you, and you're a good podcaster. You're, you're the best, though, <laughs> honestly. You're moving up in the world. You're taking over this SFFB with Matthew. I'm out of here. I don't know how to edit anything, so no one would ever listen to a podcast. Oh, I'll do it. I'll be the behind-the-scenes guy. 
That's a big announcement here. You want to talk about Westworld reveals? My big, my big podcast retirement um, coming out party is going to come up real soon. Is here. it going to be like Delos's retirement party? Yes, it's going to be a good There's going to be hosts and stuff? There's going to be hosts, okay. yep. <laughs> I'm going to yell at Matthew. <laughs> Tell him I'm going to throw Matthew in the pool. <laughs> and if he doesn't swim, I'm not going to love him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just picture like Matthew oh, like sinking to the bottom of a pool oh, shit, that's and like funny. crying. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Matt will never even listen to this podcast. He'll never even know. It's true. Never even know what you're going to do to him. Um, but we know. Ford puts on his pants. Whoa. And he steps into the real world. Ford does? Uh, Bernard does. Bernard puts on those pants and his glasses. No, no, Ford puts on his pants for him. <laughs> He's like, let me, let me help you, Bernard. <laughs> Go ahead, Bernard. One leg at a time. Well done. <laughs> have you peed yet today, Bernard? <laughs> Do you have to pee? Do that before you enter the real world. <laughs> well, I can't wait till Ford lives in my house. <laughs> He's a voice in my head now. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, um, and this is where we get our uh, this is where we get our song, right? Our Codex song by uh, Radiohead. Yeah, um, love this song. I was like, all right, well, this episode is over. Um, the credits are rolling. Uh, goodbye, Westworld. And then I forgot that this was actually a Marvel movie, and there's a post-credit sequence. <laughs> what a world! Who knew? And they, they do like to show villains in those Marvel sequences. So. Yeah, here, here we are. Take me through this. What's happening here? So the man in black arrives. He's all like getting out of the elevator at the forge, but it's all fucked up. It's way in the future. Well, <laughs> it not, maybe not way, but clearly in the future. Clearly in the future. Not in those moments where we thought he was in. Lisa Joy has already said it's in the future. She's right on top of that shit on the internet. So I've read. Mm-hmm. Um. That they confirmed that this is in the future. It's clearly in the future. Yeah, I'm just... Oh, my God. Okay. Anywho, um, he sees Emily. He's like, oh, I knew it. Yep. I'm already in the thing, aren't I? Yeah. Dude, Ed Harris? Yeah. He rules. Yeah, I know. I don't want him to live in my house, though. That seems like that would be (laughs) very bad. Came home past midnight again, Jessica. (laughs) Oh, my God, no. Fucking pistol on the table. Yeah, I don't want him to live in my house. I'm also out that shit. I'll just take forward. Thanks. Um, so basically, they continue. She tells him it's not a simulation. It's his world. What's left of it? She asks if he knows where he is. In the park. In my fucking park. She asks if he knows how long he's been there. And he does not know. Um, so this is this is essentially... Um, she asks him the answer he's looking for. She's like, here we are again. He wants to know how long she's been testing him. He says a long time, longer than we thought. Um, and then they go to the same, uh, what are we trying to verify? Fidelity. Right. What do you think's going on here? They're trying to recreate the man in black. So that begs the question. Are they trying to recreate him because he's dead? I don't know the answer to this. kind of cool if he wasn't and they were trying to recreate him anyway. Which I think is, is it because he's dead? I mean, why? We we already saw his likeness in the scene with Logan. When Logan was taking him through all those rooms, mm-hmm. the man in black was in there. Okay. So they've definitely tried to recreate him while he's alive at some point. Well, we know they mapped him. Well, we know, and there's at least actually his body. They made a body for him. Mm-hmm. So they at least went that far before. Um, so it's certainly possible. It's possible that he's dead and they're trying to bring him back to life now. 
Um, I wonder what motivates the the behavior. It's it's a, it's a cool teaser. Sure, it is. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like this episode did not do very good justice to the man in black. Awesome. Well, I'll save that for your final thoughts. Okay. Um, I don't really have much to say about this, um, other than it's a bit of a teaser. Um, we he this could have been done how many times? Um. 11,297. Right. Or 18 million. We don't know. Either but way. That means it's got to be a fairly distant, distant future. Especially because she says a long time longer than we expected. Mm-hmm. So we knew it took 18 million tries or with Delos. And we know that originally with Bernard, which was 30 years ago, we're talking 1,100 and, uh, you know, 11,927. So, if it's taken longer than expected, we have to imagine it takes longer than it's taken most that they've done this with. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a teaser. I, I I feel like the episode may have been able to do without it, but people would have been wondering where the fuck is he, what's going on. I feel like they had to do something. Maybe not post-credit, but... Yeah, so then they made it way in the future and did a post-credit and tried to be really cute, which whatever. If they want to be a Marvel movie, they can be a Marvel movie. That's fine. There you go. Make that Marvel money, yo. Yeah, whatever you guys got to do, do it. Um, all right, so let's um, let's do uh, some listener comments. There's a, a lot of variety that I'd like to get to tonight. Oh. Um, and I will start with some of the following. Um, I will go with... Hmm. Let's do Brian Blake. Okay. I didn't love this final episode, but I didn't hate it either. I feel I felt like this episode and the season in general were un necessarily convoluted at times with all the time hopping. Uh, he continues by saying, these writers should sit down and watch Memento. Now that movie does a good job of jumping around in time and at the end, everything makes sense on your first watch. With Westworld, I feel like I need to rewatch the season and take notes to actually get it. They should really look into hiring the writer Memento for season three to help straighten all this shit out. Ignoring all my usual nitpicky bullshit, this final... I, I think... So let me let me make a commentary here. I don't think Brian Blake is wrong, but it is tough to compare a 90-something minute film with a, I mean, tens plus hours of storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's a much different like way to encapsulate a full story, right? That's true. He then says... Um, that's not to discount what he's nitpicky about. Um, ignoring all my usual nitpicky bullshit, this final episode didn't have the same revelation season one did. But I do like the potential options for where things could be going for season three. I just wish they didn't take the scenic route to get there. Edit. Part of me is worried that a reason why the season was so confusing at times is because they were actively trying to create a storyline that Redden couldn't guess. (laughs) And I think that meant they had to employ a lot of fuckery to do so. What do you think about that comment? I that's certainly possible. Although, did you find this an overly confusing season? I I I, I didn't for the most part. I just feel like they really got into that at the end. Yeah, the last the last episode. For yeah, this sure. last episode they really got into a lot of confusing shit. I felt like earlier on it was understandable without Reddit of the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, who do you have? I was going to read Jason. Good Tick. comment, by the way, Mister Blake. Um, Jason Tick. He says, "I thought it was good. I enjoyed it." So this comment may come off strange. I wish we were getting no more of it. I honestly feel like this show ended in a great place here and can only get bad from this point. Then he wrote an edit a day later. I guess my thoughts analogized are... Analogized? Analogous? Whatever. I don't know. Um, I don't want to know if DiCaprio is really with his family. Let the top spin. I don't want to see Chaz 
Palmateri catching up with Kevin Spacey. I don't want to see these things play out on screen. Let the end leave something on the table. Okay. Um, not bad. Yeah. I I don't. I don't necessarily. Th- I I do think you could end the show here, certainly. I, but I think then you just end it with Hale leaving the island and you don't do all the rest of this bullshit. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But but I I do think this is going to be a show that struggles with ending at the right time. And still being good. Yeah, I think if they keep getting renewed, they're going to run into idea problems. I mean, this Lost. is a, this is a, they're going to turn to that. This is a tough place to make to make shit work without really changing many things. I don't even know how you do a season three, let alone a season four. Them, them in the real world, I think there's potential there. Yeah, I guess. Um, my turn. Sure. I didn't enjoy last week's episode, and this one was barely any better. Says Fiona Ward. I agree with Jason. It should end here. If anything is possible in this world, is anything surprising or exciting? Someone died, but we can bring them back. You think you have free will, but I programmed you to think that. If you can't tell the difference, doesn't matter. Well, if it doesn't matter, what's the point? Meh, felt nothing watching it. I'm grumpy. There you go. <laughs> Not a fan. Um, yeah. Who do you got? Anyone else? I'm read Mark Netter. Mr. Mark Netter. Yes. Well, that was cool of him to comment. Hello, Mr. Mark Netter. Go ahead. He says, I'm wondering... Check out his movie, by the way. I'm yes, not even joking. Nightmare Code. It's good. It's pretty cool. I liked we, it a lot. No, you interviewed him. We didn't actually cover the movie, though. No, correct. Maybe one day. I'm wondering if the writers out-clevered themselves with all the time-shifting this season. The first season, it made sense because of robot POV and saying something about the narrative. This season, I didn't mind the flashbacks um, too long ago outside of the park, but by chopping up the two weeks following the end of season one if I'm even understanding that correctly, with twists like Charlotte was really Dolores a part of the season, but we just didn't know it. The show is essentially saying you have to rewatch the season to understand what went on, unless you've got the whole jigsaw puzzle straight in your head. Isn't that too much to ask? Shouldn't the season's events still be compelling if told in order? That's a great question. It is a good question. Would the show still be as compelling if everything was told in order? I think I think a lot of a lot I think a lot of like your pro screenwriters, that's that's um well, how about this? A lot of people that write screenwriting books, whether or not they're good at screenwriting is, is one thing to be said. Um, I've read a couple of them, and if there's one thing they always say is that if you can't tell your story sequentially and it be as good, then your story has a problem because you're relying on editing gimmicks, right? And this is That's why I've harked upon flashbacks in films before. Right, but this is the out-of-sequential storytelling is the new fucking thing. It's true. Like, this is the Jillian Flynn, Gone Girl, every fucking thriller you read or that is is on TV happens. Mm-hmm. It, it is sickening at this point yeah. to me. I'm like, if I, I cannot read any more books like that. But that's what everybody wants to read. It's the fucking thing now. Right. Yeah. It's very go. frustrating for me. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good, really good comment, to be honest with you. Um, I'm done with comments. Are you? Yeah, I'm done with comments, too. Final thoughts on um, The Passenger and season two in general? Well, it's already tomorrow here. It's midnight, so it's way past my bedtime. Just kidding. <laughs> so this was not my favorite episode of the season. I had a lot of problems with things that happened and things that I was nitpicky about. And I know I was really hard on it in the podcast. I don't think I disliked the episode as much as I came across as disliking the episode in this podcast. I just had things that bothered me and I wanted someone to tell me the correct answers and fix it for me and nobody did. So yeah, that's why I sounded so salty. It's not about even having an opinion doesn't mean it requires fixing. It's just the way you interpret it. I know. You're not wrong. But that's just what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, 
It's just that there was that the reality is, if I may piggyback on your thoughts, is that there just was no for me personally. I don't. I I didn't. As I've said a million times, I didn't read Reddit threads. I didn't read articles. So I'm coming at this with my own interpretation of a show that I work on one time a week. I don't do extensive Westworld research. I don't write on a whiteboard. I don't uh, write down theories and think about them. I don't call my. Uh, my, my dad and, and talk to him about what I'm struggling with his TV show because I don't just cover Westworld. So I can only devote so much mental, which believe me is not in large supply resources to this show. So that said, sadly, I just didn't have anything logically compelling enough to break you out of it. I was just saying, consider some things and you didn't really have to because you had answers to them already as to what you thought didn't work. And that's totally fine. Um, I was just doing it to kind of play devil's advocate, but I, um, but I, but there isn't, you know, you, how do you reconcile the, the, the way hosts die? What causes it? How do you reconcile, um, bullet physics? How do they work in Westworld? I don't know. Um, I, you and I, so I'm, like I said, you're, you're, I can't argue with that. There might be a little argument to be had, and we had one as it relates to the door and the valley and all that shit, whatever. Um, but yeah, man, there's, there's, there seems to be some rules that don't stay consistent in the show, which when you have a very smart and intelligent TV show, you're not asking your audience just to look the other way because, that's not, this isn't dumb walking dead. Okay. You, you, you're making this really intellectual and intelligent show. And when you do that, you're going to attract a certain watching base. And that watching base is going to be fucking put the screws to you like Jessica did. And if you don't have answers, then there's going to be a lot of questions that remain after one and two viewings. I had less questions after a second viewing and maybe in the future, I'll have less questions on a third viewing or maybe after seeing season three, but overall, I liked this episode. I didn't love it. It has some problems. Jessica pointed some out. Um, they're legitimate. And uh, that's kind of where I sit. Are you excited for season three? Yeah. I mean, I'm not not excited. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. But I'm like, I have very low hopes, to be honest with you. Right. Um, which is unfortunate because I really enjoyed most of the season. And, it, and I really expected more from this finale. And it was disappointing to me. Yeah. That's all. I think that's why I'm so hard on the finale is that I enjoyed covering the season. I enjoyed a lot of episodes this season. Um, and I felt like this was a letdown yeah. as a whole. As a whole. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with season three. I really, I, I don't know. But no, I know they're, they're going to do for season three. They're going to put out a really fucking amazing trailer. <laughs> and then I'm going to be like, I can't fucking wait for Westworld. It looks so good. Right. Listen to the piano version of this awesome song in the background. Yep. You're right about that for sure. Um, but you like season. You'd say you like season two overall. I did like season yeah, two overall. Me too. I like see. I like season one overall. I like both seasons. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, for totally different reasons. Um, and I like totally different characters in both seasons. Um, yeah. So. Yep, I think. We'll um, I think people who are doing indictments on the entire season would feel differently about the actual finale if it was had was was better. I guess you could say. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely fun to talk about. Obviously, um, 
the uh, differing opinions got tense at times. Jessica sometimes is very sensitive about her opinions, and yeah. uh, that's just what happens. So oh. hopefully you guys could stick through all that. I mean, by now they already know this shit, okay? <laughs> Listen, guys, if you don't know what to expect by now, go give me one-star review. It's going to be fine. Unsubscribe. Don't worry. We all have one-star reviews. They're oh, fun. I know. They're fun to read. They're well, my favorite. I definitely recommend reading them. They're a good time. Literally my favorites. Don't anybody go and write me a one-star review as a joke. Do now. it. Okay. Do it. Oh, shit. My computer's just not real weird. Ooh. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I think we're done. We've talked plenty about this episode. We've uh, set our peace with it. And uh, now we're going to uh, get up out of here. Because, guys, what's happening, Jessica? It's past my bedtime. And you have to? Get up early tomorrow. Oh, shit. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.